Everybody good? Okay. Um, welcome, welcome, welcome to uh, Pot of the Dead. I am your host, Nicholas Brown, and with me, as always, the two beautiful ladies, Natasha and Stephanie. On today's episode, we will be talking about the 2018 movie uh, Bird Box. This was a Netflix streaming exclusive um, that came out starring uh, Sandra Bullock and John Malkovich. Um, what are your guys' history with this film prior to watching it today? Or well, yesterday? Uh, I'd heard of it. Uh, it was always one that was on my list to watch and I just never got around to it. Just judging by a couple little scenes that I had seen, it seemed like it was going to be really slow. So I kind of just kept it off, kept it on the back burner. Um, so this is my first time watching it. Yeah. And for me, I, um, I watched this probably the week that it came out on Netflix back in 2018. And then I showed it to my children, and I think this was the fifth time I've seen it. So I've watched it quite a few times up until this point. Yeah, this was my first time watching it uh, specifically because I tend to stay away from horror films that have big like movie stars in them. Uh, specifically because those movies tend to burn me more times than I feel rewarded in them. So no, no reason. Like, I'm not saying that like Sandra Bullock is a bad actress or anything like that, but it just... They tend to be like World War Z, where it's like, oh, we got Brad Pitt in this movie. And then, like, because it's the big budgeted star, that person's probably not going to die. And so it kind of removes that stuff. <laughs> so I just kind of stayed away from it and everything. So, uh, but I did hear a lot of buzz around it. And uh, another film that we will be reviewing soon, they, I think they came out around the same time, roughly. Um, was it the quiet place oh, those yeah. two those two movies came out like within the same year it feels like i uh, think we i think we looked that up and i think that's true yeah yeah so like in that one that's got the dude from uh, uh the office it's got, john krasinski yeah it's, yeah it's got john krasinski in it and stuff and i was just kind of like Meh, and like emily blunt's also in it yeah so that movie's good too so <laughs> yeah I, I, and like nine times out of ten if i haven't watched a film it's spe it's specifically just because like i'm busy watching other ones this one's already getting a lot of attention and stuff i'll get around to it when i get around to it that's nine times out of ten why i will pass up these bigger budgeted films because more people are going to watch it they don't need my my money realistically like it comes off as like it's popular you don't want to watch it and it's like it has nothing to do with want it just has to do with they don't need my money don't you dare say anything over there stephanie i see you i'm going to <laughs> please all, chime in all of the things that you watch and listen to are all in that same scope it's like it's big budget it makes a lot of money everybody likes it nick sticks his nose up and says fuck Not this shit me. Yeah. stick my nose up to that yes you do you're like oh it's fine if you like it but i I am not going to like this. I am oh not going God. to watch this. It is so I'm fucking true. I love that. It is, is true. I'll vouch for you, Steph. Yeah, thank you. Yes. <laughs> and it's not that like you don't end up watching some of that stuff and having some appreciation for it, but I think you, you're also a harsher critic on those because you're like, they're bigger budgeted because they have famous actors or like, you know, people who have made more money in, the, in their careers in this world. And you're like very harsh in that versus if you watch something like, oh, I don't know, the fucking reanimator. You're like, this is the greatest thing ever. <laughs> and it's the 
biggest budget, no famous actor movie. That doesn't need to be. Does it need to be? It doesn't need to be a big budget, famous actor movie to be amazing. Look at the Blair Witch Project. I didn't say it did. I'm just saying that that's just like your. The movie was made for twenty five thousand dollars. Oh wow! Yeah, that's cheap as fuck. It's it's legitimately the highest grossing film against budget film like ever. Okay, I didn't know that. It's like it like it like made like a hundred and some odd million dollars on a twenty five thousand dollar budget. That is one example, though. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, another one, Paranormal Activity. I think that was done for fifteen grand. All right, I've never seen that. So. Oh yeah, yeah, see, see, okay. no, but no, it's it's just one of those things. Like I'll go, I'll go see a drama and stuff with the bigger actors and stuff like that. But once they start stepping around in my horror, my horror movies, I'm like, I don't know about all this. Jessica, yeah, I, I think it is specifically towards horror movies and your for yeah. you yeah. And, and and your specific genre of music too like you like death metal and you or like heavier metal stuff and like you're not big into the really popular ones you're into the the smaller more indie musicians but i think that also is the type of sound like he like his sound isn't mainstream i don't Correct. think if if it was mainstream, I wonder if you would still like it or if it would like change your perception. Oh, you think that I'm just going to walk away from them because they got popular? Yeah. Uh, I'm asking you, would you? Yeah. No, uh, no, because there's... <laughs> yeah, there, yeah, no, yeah, no. Yeah, like, well, no, like, yeah, like, I mean, like, there are bands that, uh, like, I mean, wh- like, probably one of my favorite uh, metal bands, period, are the Deftones. And they're like they're huge, and like I still have a soft spot for the three, the first three Corn albums and stuff like that. And previously, but that's nostalgia. Well, it doesn't. That doesn't I think matter. that still counts, though. I mean, I I, I still I still like uh, Metallica from Injustice for All. Well, Black Album actually backwards. Uh, there's a lot of that stuff, but like there's it's one of those things. When a band's been out for a long time, it's no different than a. TV series that has a lot of seasons, unless it keeps me interested, I'm going to call it quits. And nine times out of 10, when those bands have been around a long time and then they're finally getting popular, I've already called it quits on them because it's like, I don't need to hear. I like the first uh, three ghost albums. And I think it was like their third album was when they got big off of like big, big. And now their stuff's like kind of changed. It's like, I don't like that stuff. I like their older stuff. Their stuff's a lot more poppy and that's just not what I was in it for. Okay. But anyway, my God, we're talking about Bird Box. <laughs> That's okay. We can talk about whatever the hell we want. To yeah, talk. this yeah. is our podcast. This is our podcast. That's right. <laughs> so, yes, yeah, so we're talking about the 2018 film Bird Box, which Nick made this point yesterday because we always like talking about box office and how much money it made versus how much it cost. And unfortunately, there's no going to be no money about how much is made because it's oh. Netflix. Yeah, this yeah. was the first uh, direct streaming movie that we've done. Uh, I can yeah. give I can give you like some numbers of okay. of people. The so its budget was nineteen point eight million dollars. That's so pretty high. Just shy of twenty million dollars, and uh-huh. in its in its first weekend, I believe it was, it got twenty five million viewers. Oh Jesus, that's that's good. Okay. So I don't know how that uh, translates to dollars, mm-hmm. but yeah, it did. It did pretty decent in that sense. So um, with, the, with the viewers, though, do they specify whether or not that was just views of the movie, like if people watch it repetitively, or if it was like per uh, account? 
Well, like what I've got here is it says um, it, re it released on December 21st of 2018 and the film received uh, mixed reviews from critics, but went on to become the most watched film on Netflix within 28 days of its release. Okay. Oh, wow. So like, I mean, that's pretty, pretty big deal considering like, uh, like nowadays they seem to release a shit ton of movies and stuff like that. But 2018, that's five years ago. I don't remember them pumping out as much back then. No, and they're also not putting a lot of like oomph into a lot of the movies they're releasing now. It seems like we'll hear a little bit about them beforehand and then they're just dropping them and then you're just picking them up randomly when you're getting on there to look around. Yeah. Yeah, yeah not realizing that they've actually come out already. There's no hype. Yeah, yeah. The, on the only thing they hype now, I think, is their series maybe a little bit more. And, mm -hmm. and I mean, like, that's that's kind of been their bread and butter, I feel like they've gotten into movies and stuff like that. But there are very few films that I think that that they have uh, they've made, not that they've like bought and brought, but yeah. like that they have like funded or whatever that it just I don't know. Netflix is not where I go for movies. It's where I go. for Like, mm -hmm. I like their television series, documentaries, stuff like that. But back in the day. Netflix was the shit, but now all, all these other streaming services pull movies to all their different directions and stuff yeah. like that. Like Peacock, for instance, right now is like one of my favorites. Mm. Yeah. Oh, really? For movies? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Like they, like they've wow. got a lot of good stuff on there. Yeah. Peacock and Paramount plus really have hit it pretty hard pretty recently. I would say they, they bring out a lot of newer stuff or things that are, are interesting. I think. Okay. I want to give one recommendation. For one hot second. Steph, I think you would like this. Nick, I'm not so sure. Have you heard of Behind Her Eyes, the series on Netflix? I don't think so. I can't even explain it, but it's definitely worth a watch. It's a six or eight part series. Okay. Um, uh, I, I, it reminds me of something that you would probably like. Is it, so. is it the show that they were talking about where this, does this have to do with the girl in the hospital? Uh, there's I like mean, rape and stuff in it. No. Okay. That's not the one no. I'm thinking of. Then. That's no. the only one I can think of. That sounds familiar to that. Okay. I'll look it up. I mean, I will there's, just make sure you let me know. Cause I'll look it up later. Yeah. It's like a married couple. And then there's a third party in it. He's a psychiatrist. A bunch of stuff happens. You don't really know what's happening for the majority of it. It sounds uh, like a drama. Is it horror Jason or is it just a drama? I'd say it's a, in, it's a drama, a suspense drama. Okay. Okay. Behind her eyes. Okay. Well, well I'm going to throw out a recommendation. Uh, oh, no. you, you like John Wick? Oh, yeah. Is it, is it good? Uh, we've oh, watched yeah. the first two episodes of it. It is dope as fuck. And it, 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 it straight up, like, in the first, like, 10 minutes, it's like, oh, yeah. They they read the assignment. This is John. Like, this oh, is cool. brutal. This is intense. Like, but uh, it's really good. Uh, we can't wait for the third up, the last episode, because it's only a three part miniseries uh, thing. Okay. But uh, that each episode's like an hour and a half. So cool. Yeah. And it's brutal. Like it's very graphic. It very stays in the same lineup of the whole John Wick world. It works really well. So someone nice. gets their fingers blown off and then is is uh, told to pick up their fingers. Oh, so, that's dope. Yeah, that's good. <laughs> cool. All right. So All right, here uh, we go. Yeah. Anyway, anyway. Uh, Bird Box is a 2018 American post-apocalyptic horror thriller film directed by Susan Bear and written by Eric Heiser. Heiser? -er? 
there's a double er in there, so Heiser, -er, based on the 2014 novel of the same name by Josh Mallerman. The film follows the character Mallory Hayes, played by Sandra Bullock, as she tries to protect herself and two children from entities which will cause people who look at them to kill themselves. So uh, we know Sandra Bullock's in it. Uh, the other, the other big name is John Malkovich. And uh, the rest of the cat, uh, it's got Machine Gun Kelly yeah. is, is in it. Um, and then I'm trying to remember his name. I've got, I've got a bunch of names, but I, I can remember his face. Nope. Uh, Tra Travante Rhodes plays Tom. Okay. So, so Steph, you, uh, you can, yep. you can look him up, uh, all, all night long if you'd like, but, uh, <laughs> but the, the, I, I'm drawing a blank. It's the, uh, his name's Charlie in the movie. He played in get out. Oh yeah. Lil Rel. Yeah. Lil yeah. Lil Rel. Howie. Yeah. 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 He's, yeah, he's, he's in get out. Yeah. I saw him and I was like, Oh, I love, I love this guy. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, the, the movie premiered at the AFI Fest on November 12th, 2018, and began a limited release on December 14th before streaming worldwide on Netflix. So I guess it did get like kind of like a limited release in some theaters, but that's specifically so it can uh, be uh, credible for uh, award season. You, oh, have, okay. you have to be in so many theaters to be eligible for awards. Okay. Um, but yeah, so the one thing that I did see though is, and I don't even like Steph, you're an author. Uh, so this is, is like up your alley in a way, like imagine this. Um, the film rights to Bird Box were optioned by Universal Pictures prior to the book's release. So he sent out to his publishers like an overarching theme of what he wanted to write. And they're like, sure, we'll buy that from you. Yeah, the book hadn't even Holy come shit. out. Hadn't <laughs> even come out yet. And like Universal was like, dibs, we're, we're optioning wow. this for a movie. I okay. think Blake Crouch had also done that. He's like a sci-fi thriller writer. I remember hearing about that or whoever wrote um, Ready Player One. Oh, yeah. Oh, okay. Okay. But I wonder if like, I don't know much about the bird box author because I haven't looked up to, it. I do want to read the book. So that's something I'm going to put on my TBR, but, um, I do wonder like how famous he was prior to this. Like if this was one of his first novels and he just, you know, hit it out of the park or if it was something that just kind of, he's already has a really big fan base and they're like, yeah, we're just going to do this kind of like they did with the Jack Ryan series on um, prime or whatever. And then like uh, John Krasinski plays in that. And then they just blew that up. And that was actually a really good series. Too, yeah. So, so um, a little side note, this is before this, these are things that aren't going to spoil the movie for anybody, but might make it a little more interesting for people. Uh, the visual effects of this film, were done by Industrial Light and Magic. So oh. Indust Industrial Light and Magic is a division of uh, Lucas Films, the people that made the Star Wars movies. So they they're responsible for everything from uh, like animated films such as Chicken Little, Wall-E, Rango. They did um, well. They're actually doing the uh, future animation project of Transformers, an animated movie. It seems like uh, they did the. Uh, a New Hope and Empire Strikes Back, Raiders of the Lost Ark. So a lot of a lot of credentials with this. Um, and then also the score for this film 
uh, was done by Mr. Trent Reznor of Nine Inch Nails fame and Atticus Ross, his contributor. So cool. they uh, they did the score for this film. Sadly, though, let's see here. It says in a statement on the Nine Inch Nails website, Reznor said, like all soundtrack records we release, we aim for these to play like albums that take you on a journey and can exist as a companion piece to the films and as their own separate works. We created a significant amount of music and conceptual sounds for Bird Box, a lot of which never made it to your ears in the final version of the film. We've decided to present you with this version of the soundtrack record that represents what Bird Box is to us. We hope you enjoy. For those interested, we will be releasing a more expansive physical only offering uh, in the spring. But he later then told Variety that he felt scoring this movie was a waste of time because oh, they wow. mixed the music so low you could you could barely hear it anyway. And when I saw that he scored it, I was like, I don't remember any of the music in this movie. And then I saw that I was like, oh, that's why. Like they they mixed it way low in the movie. There's only a couple times in the movie that I can actually. I think I have it in my notes where I'm like really intense music or something like that. But there was only maybe one time in the movie that it actually stood out enough for me to recognize it. So, yeah. and before we, before we get into uh, everything on the review aggregator, Rotten Tomatoes, the film holds an approval rating of 63% based on 164 reviews as of me pulling this up uh, with an average rating of 5.8 out of 10. Um, that let's see here. The, the, on Metacritic, it has a 51 out of 100 based on 26 critics. So that's what the internet has to say about it. They're putting it in the the 5 out of 10 range, pushing 6 out of 10 range. Whether that's our opinions will be uh, found later at the end of the episode. All that being said, this is a movie club, so we... We'll be telling you at the end of the episode what we'll be watching this coming week to talk about on the next episode. So do stick around for that. But without further ado, I'm going, unless you girls have anything else to say, I'm about to throw that spoiler warning up. Throw it up. Yep. All right. Danger, danger, spoiler warning, danger. So if you want to be a part of our club, you can find us at facebook.com backslash pod of the dead or else on Instagram at pod underscore of underscore the underscore dead or on TikTok at pod of the dead. If you want to email us any questions, any complaints or movie recommendations, you can email us at pod of the dead 666 at gmail.com. Ever. I don't give a shit. If you haven't, <laughs> if you if you haven't seen this movie, check it out. Uh, you know, go to the end of the episode. It's usually like the last ten, like five, ten minutes of the episode is us just kind of rambling and talking about what we're going to listen to next week. Um, if you don't care about spoilers, you know you've been warned. Yep. So, without further ado, Bird Box from 2018. So the movie opens with ham radio telling people to use the river. So you're Babe, just hearing you're missing something. Oh my God. I've already screwed up. What yeah. do you got? We have ratings to go over. Yeah. Oh, damn. How did I forget? 
I don't great, know. Great question. All right. We uh, have our 10 out of 10 and our 1 out of 10. Yes. So let's go 10 out of 10 first today. Who's got Sounds the 10 out of 10? Great. I do. 10 out of 10. The hype surrounding this movie has been almost overwhelming. And surprise, surprise, when I read the reviews, it's fives and sixes. There's no way on earth that this movie deserves less than a 10. An absolute pulse racing thrill ride of a movie that crammed in a hell of a lot into two hours. The film that disappointed the film that disappointed me the most in 2018 was A Quiet Place. And aside from Emily Bond's terrific performance, I thought it was very poor. That is what I expected when... Uh, that's what I expected that film to be like. This writing. <laughs> I expected this quality, this intensity. The best Netflix film I've seen, almost acting... Awesome acting, exciting, and new twist on a story that has been done before, but... The delivery here was captivating. Best performance from Sandra. I'm not done yet. <laughs> oh, shit. Okay. <laughs> Best performance from Sandra Bullock since Gravity. Uh, she was incredible, well supported by the entire cast, particularly John Malkovich and Tom Hollander. Fantastic. Without spoiling it for anyone, I kept saying from the beginning, what about all the people that are bleep? It made sense in the end. A thrill ride. I loved every twist and turn. 10 out of 10. Right on. Who's Tom Hollander? Who does I'm, he play? I'm not 100% know. sure. I'd have to look that up. I'm looking I, I it up right okay, now. Okay, Tasha's looking it up. I was, I was going to say, I, I had the cast up, and that's yeah. not a name that was brought up in the top oh, cast. Maybe, maybe he's the guy that comes into the house that Olivia lets in, maybe? Because he he's, um, he's pretty famous from like Pride and Prejudice, the movie. I don't you're right. It is him. Is it? Okay. Yep. Cool. Okay. Yeah. He's a really good actor. He's been in quite a few things. So real quick, before we get to the one out of 10, Tasha, there was a 10 out of 10 review that I was going to send you, but in the review, it's like, I gave this a 10 out of 10 because I saw how many people have bombed this film. So I was initially going to give it an eight out of 10. So I'm bumping it up just to offset that. And I was like, absolutely <laughs> uh -huh. not. We're not allowing that on this. No. Podcast. <laughs> oh, just be honest in what you feel. That's a pity score at that point. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Man. All right. Okay, here here we go. Oof, let's see how bad this is. Okay, one out of ten. This is a terrible movie. I cannot think of any redeeming moment. One ridiculous thing after another happens for four hours. Oh, <laughs> I am now told it was only two hours. Yeah. <laughs> I love honey. <laughs> For some never for some never explained reason, people all over the world just start committing suicide. Why was uh was is okay yeah, or grammatical stuff going on yeah. here? Was is something about those black things that say it, you know you want to say it. Those black things. Racist. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> the obviously crazy guy later drew. Oh, okay. Who knows? Who cares? It clearly had something to do with looking at something somewhere, but only outside, I guess, except for some places outside if the birds are chirping. If you even peek through a window, you're a goner. For some reason, unless the aforementioned birds are chirping, I guess, it's simply impossible to figure out what the rules are here. But Superwoman Bullock, along with super children named boy and girl, for some undoubtedly... Un 
undoubtedly profound reason can run blindfolded through dense forests and navigate dangerous rapids all blindfolded with rarely a care in the world really without yep. a care that's, that's all that's all sounds about right they're just they're just having so much fun <laughs> they have a lot of cares in the world yeah sandra bullock should apologize heck she should change her name how dare what? she yeah the uncredited birds did a good job yes yes, oh. I, yes. <laughs> 10 out of 10 birds birds <laughs> birds did good goats did good in the movie previously um beyond that uh yeah mowers <laughs> lack thereof lack the, yeah, i didn't see any mowers in this movie one out yeah. of ten <laughs> yeah Oh, okay, so um, that that was lovely. Wow, apparently they're just they're just hanging out blindfolded, riding down the river. Apparently, yeah. so that was lovely. All right, so now that now that we got uh, the the polarizing audience out of the way of our one. Here's the thing about the one out of tens. Always, it's like they're not watching the movie, and Nine times I. Out of ten, yeah. And, and I am a self-proclaimed person who misses a lot of stuff in movies, but they're still good. So it's shocking that all of these one out of tens are just like, nothing's explained. This makes no sense. Well, like, I still don't like it. Before like we really, really get into it and stuff, like uh, Steph and I talked, like I had some some problems, like some hard. Big, feel big feelings. Big feelings. Some super yeah. big problems with this movie. And, yeah, I can't wait to but, hear them. But it wasn't, it, it wasn't like what they were saying and everything. No matter how much, like when you started this, they were like, this movie's terrible. I'm over here just like, yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Lay it down. <laughs> but like, uh, I would never give it a one out of ten. You know, it's not worse than Buffy the Vampire Slayer. That's true. Yeah. No. That's our, that, yeah. our litmus yeah. test. Yeah. 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 It is. Which we just we just Go saw. It's, it. They <laughs> just added it to uh, I think it's HBO Max, maybe or right. Max. Sorry. So and more people can see it. Y'all yeah. can y'all can uh, just torture your family. Yeah. Yeah. During yeah, this Halloween's or this, well, no, this would be uh, we're in Thanksgiving territory now mm. with our release dates. Yeah. All right. Are we ready to go? Yes. Yeah. All right. So as I previously said, the movie starts with uh, <laughs> ham radio telling people to use the river and we get kind of this overhead shot of a river uh, and Sandra Bullock is laying out the rules and she's not fucking around. She's yeah. talking to these two kids and is like, you're going to listen to me. I will hurt you. Like if you don't listen to me, because if you don't listen to me, you will die like flat out. And these kids are yeah. five years old. Yeah. I know they're five years old because the film didn't let me forget that they were five years old. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, it says that you, in the opening of the movie was just like, we have this community. It's safe here. And we, uh, you can't take it with kids you can't take this route with kids yeah. and they're making this very clear because they have to be on this river and and then she is sitting there like talking to them in their faces and it's like very intense just opening the movie and uh she's like girl you have your kitty and boy you have your dog and she's just like very forward yeah. never saw a kitty or a dog in their like possession during this film i yeah you did yes, you did you saw I did. she has i didn't she has a little kitty. She has a she has a Hello oh, Kitty thing. Oh, yeah. does she? I see. I didn't notice that, and that it's makes kind more of a sense big part. later on. Yeah, yes. I never. It is a big part. Yeah, I was actively watching this film. I did not notice that. I know she said that, but I never saw it. So, 
But. And boy, yeah, so go ahead. Keep going. Yeah, so she's like, you must listen. Never, ever take off your blindfold. If you look, you will die. Do you understand? Like, she is very in their face, like, at their level, telling them. You, I, it's, her, it's her way, in my opinion, of being like, I need to get this through to you because I don't want you to die. Yeah. So you need to listen to me now. Mm-hmm. So my original thought about this movie being slow was very quickly... Uh, changed. Yes. Oh, we start off too. strong. Yeah. We start yeah. off strong. Yeah. So, and she puts, they put the birds um, in the box from their house and they start taking this rope down to the river blindfolded and she's counting her steps to go down to the boat. She uncovers the boat. They put it into the water and she puts the paddles in the water. And then we kind of just fast forward straight to five years earlier. Well, we, we flash back. Well, that's what I mean. Yeah. We flash back to five years earlier, and it tells you so you know what you're doing in the film. And it, and it shows Mallory, which is Sandra Bullock's character, and she's painting in her apartment. And her sister comes in with a sack of food, and she starts talking to her. And she's like, "Do you know what's going on right now?" And she's like, "No." She's just living in her like painter's world, her creative world. And her sister turns on the news, and all the airports and the uh, train stations are being shut down because of this big global thing that they don't know exactly what's going on. And it started in Romania. And and they were talking about it just being mass suicides. Well, they said it was in Europe and Russia, and she basically is just kind of like, well, it's not here, it's in Russia. It's not our problem. Yeah, but it says on the news broadcast, it was like, it started in Romania. Oh, yeah, they I started know. showing it. Yeah, and then she just blew it off like it wasn't a big deal. Like, who cares? It's fine. Yeah, so uh, then after that, uh, well, one thing that I noticed was the painting, that because she's painting, she's like a painter. Um, yeah. It kind of looks like a, a ripoff of The Last Supper in a way. Yeah. And if you kind of look, the center figure in it is definitely a sketched up version of herself. <laughs> oh, really? So I was just like, so she's Jesus. Got okay. it. <laughs> okay. But her sister goes over and critiques her art and is just like, everything looks disconnected. Nothing looks connected nobody is looking at each other they're not having like it's not a warm photo it's not a warm picture of where they're embracing each other it's almost like there's that disconnect and you get that from this character mallory through the entire film in my personal opinion yeah i that's a problem i have through the entire film i know it is and i actually like that part but he does not so before we really go any further into this film i do want to ask both of you because steph you and i have talked about this but i want to get it out there does this film connect to both of you because it is about a mother's journey like protecting her kids and or protecting kids rather through all of this stuff does that connect with you like does her her actions throughout this film make sense to you because for me i'm just like there's so many times i'm like this even if this was a guy this doesn't make sense and blah 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 and all this stuff Uh, I think so. I mean, we'll have to get to some specifics, but overall, the overarching theme of it hits me as a mom. Like it was a very emotional movie, especially towards the end. Um, And yeah, I think, I I don't think it would hit the same. I don't think I would like it. I think it would probably be a lot. I think it would be boring if Sandra Bullock didn't have the kids, if it was just her on a journey. Yeah, no, I get that 100%. It's just her 
her He's cold, talking about her lack of warmth. Yeah. Her, her lack of oh. motherly like stuff because we've had the discussion where she was like, well, it feels like it's kind of like a role reversal thing because later on in the film, we meet a character named Tom that seems more motherly. And then she's kind of like the cold, callous dad kind of character. And for me, I, I'm not that way per se. I mean, like I might be more that way than like, than uh, mothers and stuff like that, but I'm not like that disconnected, like do it because I said it brr, kind of thing. Yeah. And like that, I wasn't sure if that was my reasoning for not liking this film as much as other people, not trying to make it a gender thing. Like I did say like, this seems like it's a quote unquote, I believe I said it's a chick flick in the sense of this seems like it was like, it's like, targeted and through the eyes of women which is not a bad not a bad thing i'm not saying because of that it makes it bad but i was just like this there's a huge disconnect for me on a lot of stuff and i didn't know if it connected with you guys and it just didn't connect with me or if there was something else yeah, I think like if you think about towards the beginning, like even when she was at the the doctors, she already doesn't seem like a warm mom in general. Mm-hmm. Like I think there is that like that connection that she struggles with at already, but I think like she course corrects and like I would say that at what she does, it didn't strike me as out of out of line. Like her her callousness, her directness, how mean she was. I think you could balance that out a little bit more, which comes later. But the beginning, yeah, I mean, like she's telling it, she's telling her kids what she needs to do, or the kids what they need to do to live, because all she wants is to protect them. Yeah, that makes sense. Because yeah. like my my argument with the film is there are of all there's a lot of characters in this movie. Yeah. Um. Before and I'm I'm going to make this short and sweet. I'm not going to make this a big diatribe. I think this film you could have cut a few characters out of this movie and trimmed it down a little bit. And I believe that there are two full characters that have an arc, a full character arc. And that's John Malkovich's character. I believe we get a full character arc from his character. And there's a pair of scissors that I believe gets a full character arc in this movie. (laughs) Yes, the scissors have their own, they are their own entity in this movie. (laughs) So anyway, that's all I'm going to say. I'm not going to go on forever on that. But at this point, we are with uh, Mallory, Sandra Bullock's character at the gynecologist, her OBGYN. Um, and doesn't think her and her baby will, uh, will connect. Like she definitely is talking about like, uh, it's just a whatever. And, um, her sister's talking about her roommate, her roommate, Ryan. And it's kind of alluded that Ryan might've been her baby daddy and he has just moved out and stuff like that. And, uh, you can go on stuff. Um, well, they're, when they're at the doctors, Mallory is talking about her not bonding with people, and the doctor offers her offers her uh, up a adoption form. It's like here, maybe you want to do this for your baby. Um, her sister, they're kind of joking about how her sister loves horses and how like, and then it somehow jumps to like how her their parents were bad parents, and like it kind of gives you an understanding through this film that they just weren't raised right. Like their mom seems. Like she doesn't have a Valerie's character doesn't have a relationship with her mom. Their dad isn't in the picture. And um, 
And then she gets her ultrasound with her baby. She's pretty far along in pregnancy at this point. And then it, it cuts after this. She's in the bathroom puking. And her sister is talking to her through the door. And she's like, uh, are you puking? And she's like, yeah. And she's like, is it chunky? And I just laughed so hard. I was like, this is ridiculous. Yeah. I, li- I like that. Like, cause it's the sibling ribbing. Like, cause I have sisters giving, giving her shit for, uh, puking. Like she's just like giving her like, yeah, it seems pretty bad in there. Not like, in a, Oh, are you okay? It's yeah. just like, <laughs> sucks yeah. to be you. Yeah. They're, they're kind of like, that's their, it's like a tough love kind of relationship between the two. It's like the sister is a little softer side. And then her, the, the, Mallory's character, Sandra Bullock's character, is the harder um, side of their relationship. But then she yells, or doesn't yell through the door, but she says, no, it's really, it's the smooth kind with her puking. And then she leaves, her sister goes to get the car, basically, and she goes to leave the hospital, and there's this girl smashing her face on the glass, uh, which is pretty bloody. Um, And then she just, like, gets the hell out of there, because she's like, I'm not dealing with this. And she races out of the hospital, and the world is starting to fall apart immediately. Like, you are thrown headfirst into the storyline, and she, her sister wants to take her to her house. She's like, well, I'll take you here, well, I'll protect you, you know, whatever. And then, like, there's ambulances crashing, and people jumping in front of cars, and it's just absolute insanity ensuing. And she's like, what am I going to do about clothes? And her sister's like, you don't need to worry about that right now, we're just going to get to my house and her sister's phone starts ringing in the back of the car. And this kind of ends up saving Sandra Bullock's character from not dying at this moment. So she turns around kind of in the car to find her sister's phone to answer it. And that is when her sister sees this entity that is like the big bad in this movie. And she's like, oh my God, what the fuck is that? And um, the sister sees it and her eyes start to change. So that's the thing that you start seeing in this movie. Where Which is really eyes, cool. It is, I love that part. So. Mm-hmm. You see this entity, whatever it is, and your eyes just have this weird just change that comes over them. And her sister immediately, like all these other people, start committing suicide. So her sister basically uh, drives, like starts driving recklessly, and she drives them straight into a vehicle that flips their car over, and they both miraculously climb out. But as they're both climbing out, she sees her sister get up take one last look at her and then just get mowed over by a freaking dump truck and or a garbage truck it's a garbage and, and it's not yeah. that she just gets hit by it she's standing there by the flipped over vehicle and like kind of takes a look over her shoulder and takes a step back into traffic as the truck hits her like it is yeah, premeditated intended it's yeah. yeah she's committing her suicide and let's just take a second to say that's Emma Paulson, who is a phenomenal actress. And I yes. wish she had, or Sarah Paulson, I'm sorry. Yes. I wish she had more in the movie. Yeah, I did. I, I did really like their, like I did like their relationship and stuff. We don't get it for very long. And Sandra Bullock specifically picked her like she wanted oh. her to be her sister in this movie. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, they had a really good dynamic in that. Even if it was short, you felt that relationship. And I feel like that that kind of I I remember watching this for the first time and I got a little teary eyed when um, she died because I was like, that's very abrupt and emotional at that time. And then um, basically she gets out of the car and she just starts running and everybody's just screaming and losing their minds because then you see it through all these characters surrounding everybody like individually people are getting hit by whatever this entity is and then they're starting to commit suicide well 
up on this, like, I would say like a little hill where a house sits, this woman sees her on the porch and she's like, I got to go help her. And so she runs down the hill to go help her. And the woman gets infected basically by this, this thing. And because uh, she was, was trying to do this out of the goodness of her heart. And she ends up being sacrificed in a weird way. And um, yeah, she, she comes running down to Sandra Bullock's character. And uh, I believe John Malkovich's character said, like, this is when you meet him as well. He's like, no, we have to go inside. And she's like, she's pregnant. And so yeah. she goes out to save her. And uh, when she's getting closer, she kind of looks and she just goes, mom. And then from there, she walks and sits in a burning, burning car. car. The yeah. car is burning. And she just, yeah. no frills, no screams, just sits in a burning car as it engulfs her. And then it explodes. That made me so uncomfortable. Man. It was so, yeah, it was done really well. Yep. And then a man comes and grabs her, which I think is Tom, right? So Tom grabs her off the ground and says, keep your eyes down. And then he helps her up the hill and they get to the house. And then John Malkovich's character, whose name is, I can't remember. I have it in my notes somewhere. He's just not happy right now because he's blaming her for his wife's death because the wife wanted to save her. Which, uh, and this is, this is where one of my first, like, problems comes with like John Malkovich's character or whatever. Uh, I don't know if it's uh, because how he's portraying it or whatever, but like we get, we get it through this film that he's like a pretty eccentric person and stuff like that and everything. But you don't see any like emotional, like he literally just watched yeah. his wife sit in a car and burn to death. And he's, there's no like outrage, like nothing more than just like a dirty look kind of thing. Yeah. And I was just like, uh, cause I wasn't even aware, like at that point I was like, that was his wife's sister. Like, was it just a friend? Like, I don't know. Like, so I was confused by that at that point. Yeah. Well then she gets, uh, they get in the house, Tom and her and well, we find out it's Tom later, but, uh, and then another person, I believe there's three of them that get in the house. At, at least that's what my note says. And then that's where John Malkovich's character is like, she went to help you. Now she's gone. And he's like the guy toting the gun. And uh, they're just, there's like a group of people basically standing in this really lavish house in the kitchen. And they're all trying to use their phones to call their family members. And they're just not working right. Like nobody's getting through anywhere. All Mallory the towers are to down. Yeah. Mallory tries to call her mom. And um, they start talking about like, what could be out there the news is on and they're just trying to figure this out because like everybody's freaking out and i like this part because i feel like it's very realistic on what probably would happen if you were in this situation yeah like and malkovich thinks that it's like bio warfare and stuff and he just keeps walking around with a shotgun like posturing yeah i did not like his character not I, for I, the majority late, of it later on i liked him a little bit when basically there's a scene between him and sandra bullock uh drinking in the kitchen later at night and that was like the, like i was like okay i came around to him a little bit but i'm not a huge john malkovich fan in general so that kind of tainted uh his character as is so i don't know if it was his acting style that made him this way but okay yeah i was thinking it was like the direction but i also can't think of a ton of stuff that i know he's a really popular actor but i can't think of a lot that he's in but it just seemed like yeah like his his acting his character was just over dramatic and just kind of an asshole for the sake of being an asshole yeah 
Mm-hmm. I think that was the point of his character overall because like he's an attorney that lives next door and he's suing these guys. You find out he's suing this gay couple uh, because they're building some glass monstrosity onto their house or whatever and Sandra Bullock's character this is like happens during this time period almost um, and he and she was like why do you care and he's like because I have to look at it and like it's just he's he, I think he just likes to create chaos maybe well he's straight up like later on has a quote that like he definitely has that MAGA feel to him because he says Let's make the make the apocalypse great oh, again yeah, you know like this right. kind of stuff so he definitely is playing into that all of that being said I've seen that kind of character be played and it it just his just doesn't work for me in that it just seems like john malkovich being john malkovich through the movie okay Uh-oh. it doesn't it doesn't seem like uh i don't know like number one he's not tore up when he sees his wife yeah. burned to death so yeah that's just that's just me though yeah well and then as they're sitting here talking uh they're talking about how you need to shut the windows and how if you look at it it makes you kill yourself and so they're just talking about that and this one guy the guy that's the clerk um he's like this is the end game and starts talking about mythology charlie uh charlie. Lil, Lil charlie. Lil yeah yeah and then um, I put Guy asks, but I believe the guy here is Tom, asks Mallory, are you in any pain? Checking on her, um, and she ends up breaking down about her sister, and like they're in like this little hallway area, and she just finally kind of breaks from like the shock of everything and has her own like very small emotional moment but it's it's enough to show that like she did care about her sister, that she isn't a robot. <laughs> so, um, and then uh it kind of cuts to them mallory going to sleep in a bed and a shadow passes over the window while she's sleeping so it gives you like that eerie feeling and then it cuts us back to the river so we go back yep we go back to present day and it says that they are six hours on the river and sandra bullock and the two kids are trying to sleep under a like completely covered under a blanket on the raft slash boat um and sandra bullock wakes and starts to kind of call on the walkie-talkie like is there anyone there anyone there there's no answer and you hear scratching sounds outside of the blanket like it almost it's not scratching like nails on a chalkboard scratching to me i it, it had more of like a digital screeching like sound to me which i thought i was like kind of like oh, okay this is a little little different uh which i wish they would have leaned into some of that stuff more there's like a, a there definitely is a thing that they lean into which is like floating leaves and stuff but like i feel like they could have done more with like eerie sounds and stuff like that and maybe that's what trent reznor was talking about that maybe they did but they just mixed it way down so you didn't hear it as much because that's where i could see like trent reznor and atticus ross really doing some like neat sound design stuff that just kind of got buried yeah well that's when the birds start making noise so like between the sounds in this movie really are like wind and birds like if you're yeah. talking and then the wind and the the leaves together because that's creating the motion um but that's what you're getting in this movie like you're not getting and, and then you're getting shadow like you're not getting anything and i i personally like that we don't see the bat, the big bad in this movie i love the like the the anonymity of it like in a sense of like it does this to you but you don't get to see it like unless you see it and then you know you're done for i'm on the fence with it because i've seen it done 
in better ways. So yeah. that's my that's my own like that's my thing with this movie is there are certain things that's like if I hadn't seen other movies, uh, like I, it's probably just like me being a huge horror fan makes this movie not as impactful for me because if i hadn't seen the 2004 dawn of the dead remake that opening scene of like just chaos and stuff probably would have been more like holy shit but i've already kind of seen that stuff before so i'm just like okay all right we're doing this part again or whatever um but you know all of that that movie's almost 20 years old a lot of people probably a lot of younger people specifically probably haven't seen that movie so if they uh watch bird box that might be their first time seeing something like that and it might hit them a lot more i like the anonymity i just it seems like the rules change throughout the movie that's the part that bothers me more than anything is like sometimes you know it's coming other times it's just there in the environment so if that was like hashed out a little bit better and it, it also it also doesn't really explain the fact that they can kind of see through their blindfolds like they keep cutting to like their vision through the blindfolds and they're kind of mm -hmm. able to see but that's enough coverage that it does so it, it's like is it something that like if they make eye contact with them like if yeah. it was something like that if you would like only see their eyes in the entire movie and like at one time in the film and it's just like oh that's why you know you can see their shape but no they even show later on seeing them through a camera you know yeah. like, like it, it's just really it's hard for me to to be like oh, oh like buy into it when it doesn't feel like it makes sense it doesn't feel like they the writers exactly knew which direction they wanted to go with it well and it's it's one of those things that steph and i had talked about where this is based on a, a book uh mm -hmm. So everything. I wonder what it's like in the I book. I wonder how much more it's fleshed out because you have a shit ton of characters in this movie and a lot of them don't feel like they're necessary. And it yeah. makes you wonder how much of that was cut for time. Um, but they could have cut certain characters out like Machine Gun Kelly and the girl that yeah. he's with because... There's no point in them being th in there. There's no point in it other than that they take a vehicle, but I'll get to that later. Yeah. So after we are done with mallory's character in the boat we jump back to three days since the events started so now we're back at the house and i have my notes say do not go outside don't look at these things and someone's banging on the door and a woman is crying and mallory picks up the shotgun and a guy opens the door and gives out a blindfold for the woman to cover her eyes so she can come inside and everybody else inside's closing their eyes so you know we don't know exactly what's going on so they're just making sure their eyes are closed and olivia comes in and she is pregnant and so now we have two pregnant ladies in this mansion of a home and uh they talk a little bit about like olivia talks about how she's pregnant on october 1st and she asks mallory when are you due and she says the end of september so we kind of have now a plot time frame on when this movie is we also kind of know that based on the trees and the leaves and things like that and they olivia starts talking about how her husband is deployed and how she's alone and how she basically ate all of her food and then she went house to house to 
basically find some place to be. Yes. I cannot stand this character. <laughs> and I don't think you're supposed to. I feel bad not liking this character because she's not. She's bad. so sweet. Yeah. She's so sweet. But like in this situation and everything, it's just it is every man for themselves, basically. And that's where like John Malkovich is like kind of right on a lot of this stuff because he's like we only have so much food why are we bringing this person in and then like yeah. the, like then she's just like i just i was so hungry and i ate all this food because i didn't want my baby to starve which I, I i fucking get i get that but i'm just like why is this bitch in the house god no yeah <laughs> it, it, it legitimately made me feel bad for hating this character <laughs> Well, I think I what I like about this and all the characters, though, I understand what you're saying is like, there's too many of them. You could cut out different plot points and all of that. But for the plot that they decided to use, every single character is used in a specific way in order to play its part. So, like, at least it's not some random person thrown in that's just sitting in the background that never gets any kind of information or ending or understanding of you at least get a bit and piece of every single person that's in that house. What's the old lady's name in this movie? Well, I don't care about their name. <laughs> I know no, nothing I really, about I her. I don't know either, but she does have her points. I mean, anybody could have done what she did. Like, and I think, I think Olympia makes Mallory. Mallory, yeah, Sandra Olivia, Bullock's character. Olivia and Mallory. Yes, it, it's Olympia. Is Olympia? Yeah. Oh, I thought it was Olivia. I have Olivia yeah. everywhere in here. Okay. It's Olympia. But okay. I think she softens Mallory's character a little bit. A little bit, yeah. I think that might be one of... Obviously, there's other parts. But, like, that part, it it's like she's forcing softness onto yeah. Sandra Bullock. I think, I think her purpose in the film is to show uh, Mallory what it is to be a mother and everything. I think... I until like I didn't think that through the movie until we're talking about it right this second. But that I think that's her whole purpose as a character, other than like what happens later. But like even then, like anybody could have done that. Um, yeah. But like her actual character is, I think, literally there just to try and soften Mallory up. Yeah. Yeah, and well, and another reason, but we'll get to that when we get there. But um, so well, now we're at the part in the movie where they're talking about there's cameras around the house and this house is all outfitted. And um, the guy that owns the home, his, his husband's not there, but he's there. And he decides that he wants to go up to this room in his house that you can see all the cameras and some of it's infrared but it's not directly so it's indirect viewing of whatever might be out there just to see if they can get out and get help or whatever so they can maybe use this as like a their safety net which i like this part only because i feel like they're basically crossing off all of the possibilities yeah. in our minds so we're not questioning whether or not this is a possibility yeah i wouldn't have a problem with it if they just never showed people looking through their blindfolds for the rest of the movie if but you they... don't actually see anything through the blindfolds it's just light i know but you like they're alluding to the fact that if like later on in the film when people are surrounded by stuff and whatnot you you would have to see it basically any little bit of it and this kind of shows you you don't even have to see them directly like you're you're seeing it through a camera and it's you know effective so if they would have removed all like stylistic stylistically it makes sense but like rule wise it doesn't make sense to me it makes sense to me okay 
So, um, and then, so here we are, uh, the guy goes and sits and he ties himself to the, or wait a minute, does he go to do that yet? Yes. He ties himself to the chair. He's sitting there. He's waiting this out. Everybody else leaves the room because they don't want to be subjected to this if, if something goes sideways. Uh, Olivia, now they cut to Olivia taking a prenatal pill in the kitchen, which makes no fucking sense to me it's like her we know name is olympia like, damn it olympia, olympia. olympia. okay okay mr allison olympia. oh yeah Tom- thompson thompson and then Al- no but her name's allison yeah yeah, yeah. okay so olympia okay there we go I'm yeah. just gonna call. I have. I'm gonna fuck this up the whole time. You guys are just gonna have to deal it's with hard, it. It's hard. It's hard. It is. <laughs> but at least it's in the same realm. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So, I'm sorry. Thomason is it not a name. <laughs> it's not a name. <laughs> it obviously is. It's not my fault that the pregnant lady is named after a mountain. <laughs> okay. So Olympia takes her uh, her prenatal vitamin in the kitchen which i yeah. that part i was like what's the necessity of this you could have cut that out of the film but anyway hey, she's she's pregnant in case you couldn't tell i know and then you have uh craig which is this is when i find out that that's this is his name who's craig it's, that's the guy that's tied to the chair upstairs oh, okay. no it's the, not it's, it's, it's not, not craig <laughs> what? What, oh, what the jurassic it, park is guy it, is it greg it's greg okay greg <laughs> Okay. I have the list of characters up. I'm glad right you here. do because you can correct me. Because they don't say anybody besides Mallory's name in this movie most of the time. Yeah. It took me till the end of the film to realize that Tom's name was Tom. Like we were uh-huh. on the last end of the movie and I was like, what the fuck is his name? And Nick's like, I don't know. And I'm like, yeah. literally the last 20 minutes of the film, she says the name Tom. And I was like, that's his name. So in my notes, it's just like, dude. Yeah, like that's that's my problem if I'm having so many characters yeah. and like they do try to uh, make you care about these characters and have like these relationships, but like they don't like without doing just a big exposition dump of like, hey, Bill, hey, Bill, Bill, like and stuff. But like, yeah, I, there's so many characters you, you cannot be like. Uh, I'm not going to ding you for not knowing that it's Olympia and stuff like that. Like, because I, I thought her name was Olivia. I thought like, I was just same thing, dude, really? other dude, uh, the guy. I feel from like Olympia. <laughs> <That's what laughs> that, yeah. I think all of the names are mentioned maybe once or twice, but Olympia's is pretty important. Greg, I wouldn't have known had I not looked at this. He was the guy from law and order. Um, yeah, he's, Tom the, was, he's a scientist in Jurassic yeah. Park that's there when the raptors are being born. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> that's how yeah. I knew him. <laughs> yeah. So Greg, not Craig, with there a G go. instead of a C. Okay. You got it. Because all I heard when them saying is Craig or Greg, whatever. And I was like, that's his name. So I wrote it down. Don't worry. <laughs> Tasha and I grew up with an Uncle Greg and an Uncle Craig. And I, it was fun. probably up until today <laughs> that I'm like, okay, wait, I know who Greg is. <laughs> yeah. And the worst part is they're both married to Becky's. Yeah. <laughs> so you can't even get like help there. Yeah. <laughs> So mom was always helping us like nope that it's the other one. Nope, that's that's Craig. Nope, no, okay. that's Greg. Okay, so Greg in this, he sees a rustle of leaves which then alludes to that and the shadows and his eyes start to go crazy and he starts to go insane. And uh, so that shows that, you know, indirectly, even if you see them, this happens. And so they start hearing a bunch of noise downstairs. They run up to check on him and he has fallen backward and hit his head on 
I can't remember. I'm not exactly sure. A fireplace, maybe? That's what I it think, looks like, yeah. I think he's smashing his head on the desk initially, and then he flings himself back and kicks and the desk over. Head. Well, he k- cracks his head on, like, a fireplace. Yeah. And then there's blood all over the floor, and Mallory's character sees all of this. And Douglas is, like, standing there, and he's like, I fucking told him that was a mistake. Like, he's some big bad. But man. not in not in this. I told him. It's literally, I told him it well, was a mistake. It, it's so much of I this. I was just, right. Uh, I'm never wrong. Yeah, Which it's that, like, I, snarky tone. Of, I get it, because I'm never wrong, you know? Sure. Yeah. We'll go You're hilarious. That. Yes. <laughs> And then uh, this movie also cuts to them uh, now. All the windows are now papered up in the house. Olympia goes to sleep in the room with Mallory. So they share a bed, essentially. Mm -hmm. And they start talking about baby names and how Mallory is very uncomfortable talking and all of these questions. She just doesn't want to be there, essentially. Yeah, she is not about this life Mm -hmm. at all. Yeah, no. And she ends up hearing a noise. And so she leaves the room and Mallory's character does. And she goes downstairs and she finds Machine Gun Kelly and this other lady who is like a police officer or an officer in training. She's and they're a cadet. Bang- a cadet, yeah. And they're banging in the laundry room. Yep. The machine Gun be- machine gun Belly uh, <laughs> is, is getting it on. Yeah. Yeah. Which we find out his name uh, like way later. Oh, Felix is his name, apparently. And then Lucy, I believe, is her name. But um, I didn't find that out until like when, when they're asking. Characters, yeah. 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 So I had no idea. It's at this point that in my notes, I just have, damn, this movie is slow. It is so not. At this, yeah, at this I don't point, think it is. From, so what I'm talking about is from the point that I'm talking specifically where it just, I can see like he's tying himself up to the chair and stuff. You're like, well, we we know like, and this is a huge problem I have with this film because it kills all of its tension with all the flashbacking going forward and backwards. You don't okay. see any of these characters. So you know, everyone's going to die or whatever, you know? So this is all happening. I'm like, okay, so there's no tension and he's dead. So I'm just like waiting. I love all the stuff happening currently at the five, like now all the flashback stuff. I don't really care for. Mm. I like the flashback stuff because then there's dialogue. <laughs> if, it was, if it was all five years in and she's on the river, it would be incredibly quiet. And I would okay have a that. huge problem with that. I'm okay like- with that personally, but... I mean, Nick's right in the sense that, like, you know kind of what's going to happen a little bit because they start the movie in a way that kind of already sets you up for the future then they're taking you to the past mm-hmm. but that being said i like that because i like the tidbits of us building our plot and our understanding of where our characters have been yeah. to where they are now currently and why they what their motivations are so i like that now he is right it takes away the suspense a little bit but i don't think it does in the sense of like you're still getting the suicides you're still getting a lot of like the really heartfelt um stuff that just made me feel really kind of sick to my stomach sometimes so mm-hmm. i just think it makes them less impactful Impactful because don't. because you're not shocked by them. That's but, like that, but that's you my are. I was not not once. Like I, that's my problem. Is like every single time something happened, it's like, well, oh, okay. Like I knew, but because we only see at the five year mark or whatever, Sandra Bullock and two kids. So obviously, she's alone for a reason. Yeah, but you don't know what's leading up to that. Like they're not, you don't know that and you're learning it. That's what I like about it. Mm-hmm. Likewise. 
So we go back to the river. We're jumping back to our present time. Yep, we're and at four, 14 hours on the river. Okay. And now she's sitting up with the kids. Their blindfolds are on and they're riding on the river and a man starts talking to them. Now, this is the eerie part. And yeah. he tells them to take their blindfolds off. And he's like, I'm not going to hurt you. I, I can pull you to shore yeah he just he's like yelling from a distance he's like hey it's okay take your blindfolds off i've got food like it's okay like you know all this stuff like we like and it's you're told prior to this like no matter what you hear you know if you hear anything let me know don't say anything don't take your blindfolds off don't do anything and then the first time you hear a voice on the river is hey why don't you take your blindfolds off i got food it's very like predatorial like why don't you mm -hmm. get in the van feeling yeah, yeah. It, well and his voice is very much like that and so uh he then comes up and he tries to take them out of the boat and he decides he's going to completely be a dick and um before he before he even gets to the boat, he's talking like, come on, you know, like, why don't you just take them off? It's beautiful. I've, you know, and everything. And I have to see this. And Sandra Bullock is like, just kind of blind, like blindly, like she's following the voice and just firing her gun in his yeah. direction. And she then grabs her machete when he starts pulling her out, like trying to get them out of the boat. And she hits him with the machete. In the neck. The neck. Yeah. And yes, she does. It's, it's, it's kind of awesome because he doesn't die right away. And then she kind of gets away and then he dies. And his, his emotional stance on it does not change when he's hit. Like yeah. they start moving on and he's just like, it's okay. You know, it's beautiful. And then he just kind of succumbs to his wounds and goes under the water. Yep. Mm -hmm. It's super creepy. Yeah. See, like, I like that. I thought that was good because you don't see it coming. You don't know anything about what's going on. And it just kind of, oh shit, what's going to happen here? Yeah. And then the next part, we jump back to our present or our past and we're at the house. And now we're going to go get food from the supermarket. And Charlie tells them, because he works there, that he had locked it up before he had left for the day and he went and he will locked it up or whatever and that he knows that there's a supermarket there and it's you know there's no way anybody probably would have got in that's what he says and everybody there's a garage attached to this house so they start painting the windows and putting like uh, they tape taping them up basically so they can't see when they're driving yeah they paint the windows cover up the backup camera and everything and it's like cars got gps this is how we're going to get there what <laughs> what's I, your problem with that i legitimately watched our neighbor across the street an elderly man oh. today yesterday yesterday back out of his driveway overcorrect, hop the curb and back into his grandson's car <laughs> this was without it being blacked out and everything you're telling me you're just gonna black everything out get in this vehicle and just there's not gonna be a shit ton of vehicles piled up like with how we've seen this you're gonna make it to this grocery store with just gps <laughs> well to them they are and but i they, mean and they use that like a sensor thing too yeah. yeah that was that was cool like i thought that was like that was an interesting way but like just the idea of like this is what we're gonna do to get there is the most asinine plan i think i've ever seen in sur a survival situation I think it's a great blind. plan. <laughs> yeah. I mean, they survive, so it I mean, makes it works. sense. Yeah. yeah. And then they even throw in like a couple bodies that they run over. Like, it's not like it it's just a speed easy bump. 
Yeah, not this easy like, path. It's a speed bump. <laughs> I, I'm not talking about the bodies. The bodies obviously aren't a big deal, but you're telling me that there aren't just going to be shit ton of vehicles all over the place blocking your passage. So when you're at, like, I'm just trying to think of like going from my house to Meyer. Mm-hmm. Okay, and they're not going that far. How, how it, far? It, it was like a, a block or way. A mile. It was a mile. Still a mile, right? How many cars could be? like completely blocking the road and in this situation do i want to be left out there no so like i just okay go ahead sorry (laughs) (laughs) the only thing i don't like about it is that they brought five people with them i thought that was too many people yeah you want to fill your vehicle you also don't want to sacrifice this many people just in case something goes wrong you're allowing a pregnant lady to go with you all of that stuff makes no sense. Well, and, and that, that that she chooses to go because John Malkovich's character is going, which you seem to think that she doesn't want to be around him. But she literally says, well, if he's going, I'm going. And then Olympia. Yeah, I didn't that get that part. She's going to go. And she's like, well, no. So she would rather be around John Malkovich's character than the other pregnant lady. I was very... But that makes sense, though, for twofold. One, she doesn't like the emotional toll that she has to deal with when she deals with the pregnant lady. And number two, she doesn't trust this motherfucker. So if she feels like she can keep an eye on him to make sure he's not going to do any shitty shit and she can put him in his place because she's one pretty much the only person there that talks shit to him and puts him in his yeah. place. If you think I, about it. I don't know. I don't I, I don't buy it. Tom should have told her to keep her pregnant ass at home. <laughs> like realistically, like she shouldn't have went and Charlie shouldn't have went. Charlie was only there because he's like well i know where food's at and even john malkovich's character he says key. he had the keys well yeah he, he didn't want to go either but th- yeah but like he went because like he'd be helpful and everything and john malkovich's character says like you know like uh, later on it's like oh because we couldn't read the signs this thing happens and i'm just yeah go on so yeah, so the sen- the cars has the sensors for proximity. Things are outside the car. They're blowing it, moving it, and so they're all like freaking out a little bit in the car. Um, and then they finally get to the front of this supermarket, and they hit or like bump up against like a, a pole, and they go in blindfolded. Charlie unlocks the store. And when they finally get there, John Malkovich's character does say a pretty funny line. Uh, and after all this, we're supposed to get out. Lucky us. Mm. <laughs> but he didn't have to go, but then he wanted to go. So like he, John, the John Malkovich's character in this movie is so contradictory for so many things. It's like, he's an asshole, but he doesn't really do anything besides just boast to be an asshole, but doesn't yeah. really. It's a lot of grandstanding and posturing. It is. It is. He, he's all talk mostly. Like that's just his thing. And so, um, she goes in, they go to load up on essentials. This, the store was locked up and Nick made a point in and he's like, well, wouldn't this already been looted? I'm like, all those motherfuckers are dead. They are not looting anything. Like we we don't know uh, that. Yeah. Kind of with the amount of bodies you're seeing, the amount of catastrophic killings and murder and all, well, whatever is we're not led to believe anything that that there aren't other houses with people in it because people do keep showing up from here and there and all this stuff i just think that like at the the word go when shit's hitting the fan all those like we've seen this in real life when things go sideways Uh, those are the first places that 
things are getting thrown through the windows and they are fucking looted. So it's like, nope, everything's fine. I'm just like, we're days in and nobody's touched this place. Because it was locked. Yeah. Whole front <laughs> is glass. <laughs> well, the only thing I thought was weird about that is that um, if hypothetically okay so say people were going in and they were going to go loot the place say they didn't break in or even if they they were trying to get there and you would have a lot more bodies that they would be climbing out over to go into the yeah. place because they would have committed suicide and there would yeah. have been blood all over the there's outside of the no store. one there's none inside the store people aren't yeah. jump people aren't jumping out the windows stabbing themselves on the glass there's none of that it's no. it's pristine clean yeah it doesn't so make sense to me that does that is that in itself is weird i understand the loot for me the looting thing makes sense in the sense like if they're trying to get there they just die every single one like it's just kind of going on um because you know that that thing has been there we already we find that out later on but um so they're going through and they're loading up on essentials in this they each have a cart they're filling up on shit, and the guy tom is flirting with Mallory's character and mm -hmm. they're talking about how they grew up a couple cities away and how she could have been his babysitter because she's older than him and he's uh it, it's, it's he, he's just <laughs> he's, he's just trying. he's he's, every, he's uh literally i believe i said that this is uh, uh an act uh, a model that would be on the cover of like a harlequin novel he is there specifically uh to be eye candy and yeah. stuff. he's a very attractive guy he doesn't do a bad job in acting but this dude is there to like get the ladies like ooh yeah tom <laughs> Well, he's like former military, we find out. Paramilitary. And there you go. And he is a very attractive guy. And so he is also a very big family man. He talks about that a lot in this in this. And so that is kind of like counterintuitive to like what her personality is and stuff. He's definitely the more loving, caring person in this, and she's the more shut down. I don't know. John Malkovich mm -hmm. is a pretty big family man too. He does have three wives throughout his life. <laughs> He also gets his booze on instantly when he gets in here. <laughs> you want to know who else has had three wives in their lives? Um, raise your hand. Raise your well, hand. We, we've both had three spouses and we are our third spouse. I know. That's what I'm third saying. Third time's a charm. He says yeah. it even. Third time's yeah. a charm. Yeah. And God damn it, Sandra Bullock done fucked that up for me. <laughs> <laughs> okay so they're going That's through good. the uh we're, we're there we're going through the supermarket and she finds birds and she decides to take them back with her um and douglas yeah, they're three parakeets yes yeah. and douglas decides to get drunk in the supermarket hell and yeah he I, I would be doing that right up. like i'm just like we're going to die like this this is a bad move we're gonna yeah. live yeah. here and, yeah that's what he <laughs> yeah. says he's like we're gonna live here he's like yeah. why can we not go back and it makes 100 percent sense i thought yes. the same thing like in, in sandra bullock's reasoning is like because we're not assholes in this situation you owe nothing to nobody no fucking stay here nobody yeah. like you know no one's looted this place he says like there are years of supplies here there is no reason no reason whatsoever for us to fucking leave and mm -hmm. he's 100 percent right other than the fact that it is a glass front but it's made this far and if everyone's fucking dead there's no reason we can just hang out here forever mm-hmm yep so then we start hearing knocking on the back door of this place um the loading the loading dock 
and somebody's banging saying just let me in it's like this kind of like sad male voice mm -hmm. and uh the guy what is it, charlie is that his name mm -hmm. he's like is that fish fingers and <laughs> um, I, what a name. I, I want the backstory of how he got this nickname. Yeah. Is it an innocent nickname or is it not an innocent nickname? Is this something that, uh, no, I'm not going to go any further. With that. <laughs> no, he works in like the food. He works with the fish. I think that's why uh, his name is. Uh, fish he wasn't yeah. telling people to smell his no, fingers. No, I don't think so. <laughs> And so he's, he's so uh, Charlie's character is explaining that this guy's a little bit crazy and he's been to prison. Um, and then the fish fingers is talking through the door. They tricked me and they left me here. And the birds start to go wild at the sound of this guy's voice. And they decide uh, Tom, I think, is the one that decides they're going to let this guy in the building. Is that who was the one that opened the door? I believe so yeah uh at this time like i'm still not familiar with everybody's names watching the film i'm just like that guy and that guy tom is the eye candy yeah yes. well i'm just saying like like you i can't remember exactly who's opening it i do remember oh, that gotcha. john malkovich is just like don't fucking do it this like, is a terrible idea yeah yeah, yeah. stop opening thinking, the door for fucking people yeah i was thinking it was charlie because he was like i know this guy i know charlie was tucked back yeah, he didn't because yeah. he he oh. so Tom opens the door and then the guy starts coming through and he starts shoving Tom out of the way and Charlie's like yeah. they realize something's wrong and Charlie's like fuck this and he like basically tackles the dude into the whatever the loading dock the loading yeah. dock yeah and then you hear a couple noises and then you see charlie's blood kind of come out from under the door well i thought i thought that this was done pretty well because this is actually pretty creepy he dives and knocks the guy back out the door and they shut the door behind him mm -hmm. and you hear like a little scuffle and then mm -hmm. you hear fish fingers voice saved just look isn't it beautiful and then yeah. you hear wet like stabbing noises and you see under the door that they just shut blood come out i thought that was well done i like that i well i liked it also because it was like they i felt bad for charlie's character in this yeah. because they just keep using him well, and they well, no. they, then they also talk down to him a lot because they were he was talking about like mythology and they're like did you go yeah. to school for that and he was like no i just read on google and they like basically snubbed that like as if you can't read and educate yourself yeah and, and then he's like i'm writing a book and he was talking about what he was writing and then again they were just kind of like blowing it off like he doesn't matter and then they talk him into going to this thing by saying well just think about it it'll be good for your book and i'm just like not if you die motherfucker <laughs> yeah well because like that's something that i i wish they would have expanded it a little bit upon considering they have his character in this is when he starts talking about all the different religions and how these different religions have these different demons and all these different entities about like these creatures during armageddon and the end times and stuff when that's happening we just follow sandra bullock's character walk away and the, his sound gets like mushed out into another room and stuff and it's like that's the interesting stuff that yeah. Would explain some stuff, but instead we're just gonna follow Sandra Bullock's character, and I just yeah, yeah. Well, that's what happens. Spend all this time with these characters, and we don't get explanations. I know. And then so after Charlie goes bye bye, uh, Douglas says, "How is that guy a uh, guy alive?" And then they return with the goods. Like it, doesn't the guy keep talking? Like he doesn't does. he go back to the door? Yes. I think that part's really yep. creepy and cool where like he's like back to being bait. Yeah. Yep. And he's saying the same thing he said, just let mm -hmm. me in. Yeah. He tricked me Help. or whatever. Help. Help. 
Yeah, and we don't get a we don't get a full like trip back. It literally just yeah. cuts to and them. And then the home. woman comes out. The we don't even know her name. At least not at this point. I don't. And it's, she asks where Charlie is. And our lovely guy Douglas says another novel I won't have to read. <laughs> is Douglas uh, John Malkovich's character? Yes. Fuck yeah. And then Sandra Bullock is like, he saved us, you asshole. <laughs> Yeah. So, yeah, there's a lot of good. Of, there's a lot of good uh, dialogue in this with just their all shit talking. Like all of my forth. favorite quotes from this movie come from John Malkovich's character. I'm sure not they shocked. Do. Yeah, I'm not saying that I like him, but everybody else's dialogue to me is kind of whatever, and his is like well shot. Like it makes sense into his character. Everybody else is like, knock it off. Let's do this thing, and he's just like. <laughs> Playing a shitball. And then there's there's Machine Gun Kelly's line. It's, it's just like, fucking fuck. And that's all he really said. <laughs> yeah, like, like over and over again. We're so, we're so fucking fucked. We're so fucking that's fucked. What it was. We're so fucking fucked. Like, just like, we get it. Good God. One time is enough. Yeah. Yeah. No, we're going to say it a few so times. So in the house, this is when we kind of get Douglas and Sandra Bullock's character, Mallory, in the kitchen. And this is, I think, one of your favorite parts, Nick. This is my. This is the only scene in the past that I like. Other, other than her, uh, Sandra Bullock and her sister, I like all that. But at the house, this is the only scene that I like from okay. all the flashbacks. Yeah, and stuff. so they're standing in the kitchen. You can kind of carry this on after I get over this. John John Malkovich character says there's two kinds of people in this world: assholes and the dead. And then they start talking and drinking. Yep. And he's talking about like that uh, his third wife is the one that had passed away and that his uh, his first wife said that she uh, couldn't call me a creep because that would be an affront to creeps. And my second <laughs> my second wife said she no longer feared hell because it couldn't be worse than being married to me. Yeah. And, like, those are great. Like, I love that. The like, winner. I, like he's he's like, yeah, like you probably think I'm an asshole. This is what my previous wives thought. But then he talked about his third wife is like but she was a real one she was a great woman and all this stuff and you get like it's the dialogue like dialogue is written is very heartfelt his uh portrayal of it though does, like you don't see this like emotional like you know like you feel like he'd kind of be breaking up a little bit or something like you know mm -hmm. you know but you don't get that and it just it kind of plays him off as like this eccentric kind of character but then other things don't it's kind of disconnecting for me but i did like that and he like pours her a drink and she's like no no like i'm pregnant or whatever and he's like you know what's a what's a little bit of what's a little bit of whiskey you know if if anything like you survive long enough and get to have the baby you know and she's kind of like you know well here's here's to another drink in the future possibly which is i i think like that right there that little back and forth between those two like hollywood like elite actors and stuff was good i really did like the back and forth in that scene i did too and she was talking a lot about her backstory too about her parents and her dad and how he reminded her of her dad other than uh the, the the jab where it was like well except the hair and he was like why and she was like well because mm. you're bald and she was just like teasing him about not having any hair yeah and this is where you kind of start to get like i said like uh douglas has a character arc so yeah. he's just a shitty character and then at this we see him kind of open up a little bit and he's coming around like okay you're understand like yeah he's a shitty like asshole guy but he means well and he he just 
seems like he has uh, shitty people skills, is how it seems. He's a very rational person, overly rational. Yeah, I would yeah. say, well, logical. Yes, logical. Sense. Very, like, cold, calculated yeah. person. Yeah, like, don't let this person in because they could be a problem. Don't do this because this is the situation. And honestly, he's very on point with most of that stuff. Like, he is very honest and very forward about it. And if they had listened to him on a lot of cases, a lot of the situations wouldn't have happened the, the way they did. But he also isn't necessarily the person you want to listen to because he's such a douchebag. Oh, yeah, yeah I wouldn't want to have a drink with this guy. But, like, in this situation, if I were in the end times, and stuff this is 100% the person that yeah. I would be like you know what yes this makes sense let's do this like well, it's, it's like you listen to him and then you let Tom in the storyline do all the stuff because he's the one that's actually capable he keeps letting people in and keeps opening doors at supermarkets and flirts with pregnant ladies <laughs> But he's the one that drove and he's the one that's gotten yeah. them in certain situations. So like he knows what he's doing in that sense. Like, I don't think Douglas's character in this movie kind of necessarily knows what to do. He just knows what the logical thing to do is. So anyway, well, now we're done. Sandra takes her sip of whiskey and then Machine Gun Kelly. This is all I have in my notes. Machine Gun Kelly and the police lady steal the car and leave, which is yep. Lucy and Felix, and there's no fucking reason. Nope. No explanation why. So, nope. this I have this in my notes right at the head. Like, this is the first time I've actually taken just outside notes watching a movie for things that I wanted to bring up. So, uh, this film is a little over two hours long, and I think that you could have made this movie an hour and a half long, and it would have hit better. It would have cut out some characters, and the... the Three main characters I think you could have cut out of this are Machine Gun Kelly. Uh, what's the cop, the girl cop's name? Lucy. Lucy. And I think you could have cut Charlie out. Now, hear me out. This is why. I think that you could have taken the entire food run thing out. So then you don't even need the vehicle. So then you don't even need Charlie and the two people that steal the vehicle and you cut that whole part out. You could, you don't have to show them going and scavenging for food and stuff like that because they spend so much time trying to get you to connect with certain characters. You could cut that scene out, cut those three characters out. And I think like little bits could have made a little more sense and you could have streamlined it and it would have been tighter. What do you think, Tasha? I it's kind of like what we talked about before about the like him watching the thing on the video it it gives you that other part of you know they're going to run out of food how do they find food so I think for that component I think it needs to be in there because just like any post-apocalyptic movie there's always a food run but they want to they want to explain the food run for like 20 minutes but they don't want to give us all the ins and outs of like how things are working or anything like that's what i'm saying is like they spend that. all this time on having a vehicle getting the vehicle to here all this stuff but like at the end of the day it's just like oh that was a huge chunk of the movie that but I think you're expecting that these unreliable narrators to tell you what's going on when they don't know themselves. I so get like, that. You want the answers when they don't have the answers. Well, I, I get that. Like, but what I'm saying is you spend, we're talking about making a movie. You're yeah. spend, you're going to spend a quarter of your movie with this stuff that if you actually removed it does not matter. It doesn't change the narrative of the film. You're right. It does give you, 
I'm I'm torn about Charlie because I like him. I like him. Don't get me wrong. I like his character. It's just not necessary. He's another one that I wonder if he has a bigger role in the book. 100%. Like, if he's the one that gives you the backstory of what could possibly be happening, like you said earlier. Yeah, and I that, think because that's the big he, thing. Yeah, and I think because he is kind of the outcast, they're picking on him. I think he has, like, a really heroic death that... I think the important. story would have been better suited as a television series than a movie. I agree with that. Well, I totally agree with that. So, yeah. I think a lot of books are better that way because you miss out on so many details when they put it in a movie. There's so much character development in this book and you can tell that they kept a lot of these characters, but they didn't develop them. Yeah, I can't think of one movie that I prefer over the book. Fight Club. I haven't read Fight Club. That's it. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I have read a couple movies or read a couple books that were a link to the movies and I've liked them both in their own separate entities but I don't necessarily think um, in a lot of cases that the movie's better like I this is very nerdy I know this but I love the Twilight series movies and I read all the books they're not the same but they're very similar Mm -hmm. but I don't I don't go wow I didn't like that because the book was better I actually think that they are both good in their own separates but most of the time yeah the book is always almost better yeah I mean, I'm like that with Harry Potter. I like the Harry Potter movies, but I'll always prefer the book. And then there are some other things that are just like the road is something that I kind of keep hearkening back to with this movie. I, yeah, I love the book. (laughs) I don't care for the movie. See, I've never read the book. I I like the movie a lot though. Yeah, so I wonder if I read the book first, if this 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 would be a book that's in my like genre yeah if that makes sense see mine like i've like uh you guys talking about like twilight and liking them for their things you're talking about uh harry potter mine's the bible uh yeah like the bible oh, jesus. does sure, yeah jesus sure jesus sure. indeed jesus indeed like you know <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> no that's better no good try honey anyway (laughs) so we're back to 24 hours later on the river (laughs) yeah okay yeah and they are currently they're a few hours from their destination and the boat bumps a truck and the boy falls out and i literally at this point audibly just went oh fuck yeah (laughs) because again all of this stuff is way more interesting to me and i'm having reactions to this stuff yeah yeah and then they lose the food and their blankets and Mm -hmm. they need that in order to have like their meetings and that and obviously to survive so that was kind of a moment she then takes the boat to shore and uh and a stern stern way just is like do not leave this boat and uh sandra Bull, i thought this was pretty genius i like this a lot she had like a, a reel on her mm-hmm. belt and she used that to tie to the boat and then she's going off into this forest because she hears wooden wind chimes and she begins to follow the sound mm-hmm. uh, she ends up getting to the end of her rope and that's inside of this like almost barracksy kind of building yeah mm-hmm. that's kind of what it feels like and or like uh, a camp or something maybe yeah and i'm just at this point i'm like is she here looking for people or something and then it turns out she's actually gathering up bl- old blankets and stuff here uh to start making her way back and uh it's at this time that uh we cut back to the kids have gotten out from under the blankets 
and, and the girl I'm, is standing up in the boat with the birds. And I'm just going, these fucking kids, god yeah. damn it. Yeah. <laughs> and something passes outside the door where uh, Mallory's character is, and it kind of knocks her it reel ca- off this bed and then it catches the, it catches the rope and pulls a bunk into the door yeah so it's dragging her rope a bit and i was just like oh fuck like- but the, the noise of that because of how like it you're watching it and then it's also screeching across the floor and my arms are getting like goosebumps when i was mm. watching this movie because i was just like oh shit oh shit oh shit <laughs> and like what's gonna happen i thought it that that the rope was cut Oh. I didn't think I thought something had happened to that. It was pulled and snapped and there wasn't a way for her to get back. Oh, that see that was where been, my head went. That would have been really good, which oh. we kind of get that kind of feel later on in the film. But at that moment, I, I like that. Yeah. And then so the little girl then ties a rope around her waist to leave the boat with her blindfold on to go find Mallory because she hears something and she's like, Mallory's not OK or something like that. Yeah. And she gets out and then you see her get swept up and uh it's mallory coming back to them and she's like very pissed that they have gotten out of this boat that they did not listen to her and she's like what do i tell you when anything this happens you save yourself like she is very i think he i think think she even refers to her as like stupid girl like it's just like that was stupid yeah yeah. if, if you if you think that something's going wrong with me you cut and run you leave me like do not come. I, I'm already dead. Then, oh. like, I'm already getting chills. So, like in that, when you're talking about like from a mom standpoint, I totally understand that. It would just be like when when Wyatt was younger, we were uptown, and he, I don't know what happened. He ran out into the road on a busy street, and the first thing I did when I grabbed him, I yelled at him like that. Like you get, like I mean, as a parent, you get very very stern in those situations. So this is just heightened. So much. Yeah, I, so, that's why I think all her stuff is relatable in this yeah. instance because of that. It's like, yeah, you're going to tell them, if you do not listen to me, you are going to die. And I don't yeah. want you to die, so you better fucking listen to me. <laughs> yeah. Now come here and give me a hug. That's the part that was missed. <laughs> yes. Yes. But the look on the little girl's face at that point just broke me. I was so sad for her. I then have in my notes, five years ago, again, boo. <laughs> Like literally, I, while watching this film, I'm like, all right, cool, we're back at this time, and it's like back to the house, and I was like, God damn it! <laughs> well, it's like a really quick blip in this one. This one was kind of weird because it was like we get them. It's it's Tom and Mallory's characters. They're like sitting in the living room. They're talking about him being deployed. So you kind of learn about his backstory at this point, and he just starts about his family and his maybe his sister in this one. I know we talked yeah. about it in the yeah, supermarket. So. It's mostly just an exposition dump flashback. Yeah. It's like, kind hey, of. This, this is Tom's backstory, and then we come back. Like, that's it. Yeah. It's like, well, and then she, but she does take a step that you don't see her do up until this point, and she is opening up to this character is that she, she takes his hand because she's feeling for him and his story, and she places it on her belly. Oh, yeah. And, so he can feel the baby because he's telling the story about when he was in the military there was this guy that would take his kids to um school every single day and he they would follow him or whatever and he was talking about why i'm thinking about like i'm hoping this guy's still taking his kid to and from school and like what their conditions were when they were there and there's like this like very sweet component to that yeah this this part of the movie is real it was hard to take notes because we get this five years ago, exposition dump. Then we jump to 28, 28 hours, hours. <laughs> on the river, 
cuts yeah. to her just going, can anybody hear me on the walkie talkie back to back to five years later? I'm just like, what the fuck? The editing in this film with like how it, it makes sense if it were a little sparser, but they just like are like now and over here and now over here now over here. And it's just like it doesn't. But, but they cut it cleanly in the sense that, you know, where you're at. So you're not well, questioning yeah. where you're at. <laughs> one is one is Sandra Bullock with a fucking thing over her eyes with two kids on a boat the rest is in a house <laughs> yeah but the thing is but this one when it goes from 28 hours on the river and then she's talking to trying to talk to somebody nobody replies it jumps to her on a same type of thing in yeah. a house talking to trying to get somebody to talk to her but is it not, like this is this is what i'm talking about though so we jump back like so it's the exposition dump to nowadays to back to that. Why couldn't we just take that exposition dump and just tie it into this other time that we come back? Like it's a lot of that, like we're just jumping, 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 jumping. And it's like, you don't have to jump every single other line. Cause it feels like that at this point in the movie. Like, but I wonder if it's in a book like that. It could be. It doesn't mean you have to follow it like exactly. Yeah. It just it felt like oh god we're here oh now we're back oh now we're here. It just felt like that very jumbled. But yeah, we we get the walkie-talkie stuff and five years ago again, pregnant lady lets dude in the house out of nowhere in. Yeah, yeah. Mr. Gary, that was a bad idea. Yeah, so basically Gary breaks, well, doesn't break in the house. Uh, uh, Olympia lets Gary in because he's banging on the door. And I think it was in the middle of the night. Yes, and, everyone's sleeping when this happens. Yeah, mm -hmm. and so she, he comes in and then they're like holding guns on him and stuff. Well, yeah, because he comes in out like he is in the house before everyone gets there. Like she lets him in. And that's when people are like waking up. It's like, wait, what the fuck's going on? And she's like, well, I remember what it was like to be scared and all this stuff. And I'm just like, Olympia, you dumb bitch. You're going to get you're you're going to get your baby killed. Like yeah. not, not just all these people. You are going to get killed being this fucking stupid. Kind of. Like, yes. Yeah, and then he tells us the story of like why he's there. And I love that. I don't know why. I just really love that story. He was just like, I'm out of town with my coworkers and we were in this house. And then these bunch of psychos from this mental institution broke in and they made us go outside and they forced us to look mm -hmm. at these creatures. And they're like, you didn't have to look. And he's like, my coworker, my boss or whatever, he tackled him to the ground. So I didn't have to. And it was like this very like, I love this guy who's the actor Gary in this because like I said earlier in the episode, he is from Pride and Prejudice and he plays a very cringy character in that. So I like him. Like he's kind of sinister in this. I have yeah. a huge problem with this though, considering every time we see these kind of characters in the film, anytime either side sees this, their eyes change. Yeah. This motherfucker's eyes aren't changed at all. In this moment, they're not. Correct. But you why? can't see them. You can't see them. He's That's, looking, I don't understand he's that. Right at them the whole time when he's talking and stuff. There is no reason because we later see them change. It doesn't make unless un okay unless he no this still doesn't make sense unless his his eyes change because he looks at the drawings that he already fucking drew. Yeah, that there sense. is a there is a bit of a hole there. I would say. I tr I'm trying to think if there really is or if it's just like it happens when you see them but if you're the psycho like this guy is that your eyes can go back to normal because you've already seen it that's bullshit then that is that so bullshit to me 
Because I'm are angry. the people are the are the people later on also kind of psychotic or are yeah, they? Yeah, and every time no. you see them, their eyes are fucked. And like even like normal people, when they see them, their eyes get all fucked up. It's like it's nonstop. They use that later on. Like when you see them, their eyes are fucking all yeah. jacked up and everything. But for some reason, when he comes in, he looks normal. Yeah, and yeah. It, it I do take. Me, it makes me feel like they only do that just so you don't think he's a bad guy it's not it doesn't, it doesn't make work. sense there yeah. yeah well i'm i want to go back and watch that scene and i want to know like i'm going to do this on my own just for my own homework because i want to go back and i want to see because this is at nighttime he's standing in a hallway he's not under like dim lights he's kneeling on the ground like we yeah. don't get a lot of like direct vision into his eyes like they they spend a lot of time when these scenes happen you get to visually see the eyes change i'm wondering if there is some kind of change but we're not noticing it because they're not focusing on it so i'm curious if that's something that we're missing or not we also don't know if he's the one that drew the pictures he had the the book of them but he begins to draw them after he looks at them okay if that's if that's the it's thing it's dicey i'm not yeah, saying it's, that's it's, if that's how it works i'll i guess i'll buy it but it's not it to me it as portrayed in the film it does not work if there yeah. if the reason if the reason for it is supposed to be he wasn't changed until he saw these photos that weren't his and all this stuff but he's already like putting on the music and being all fucking weird and stuff and then displays these photos the okay. motherfucker to me has already been changed like if, yeah. if the purpose was that he wasn't and then that's when he changes it didn't convey that to me yeah i don't that's a hard one um i like i said I, i'd have to look at the eyes and maybe we're just missing something or maybe yeah. they they just completely fucked that's up fair. that storyline like i don't know yeah. um but that is a good point but yeah he comes in and douglas pulls out the gun on him and is like he doesn't want them in this house and rightfully so like this lady just fucking lets him in in the middle of the night after they've already seen like the psycho dude fucking kill charlie like they know this happens and so the old lady ends up hitting douglas over the back of the head with a pot and he basically goes down and they take and they lock his ass in the garage because the car is missing now and you know he's still safe in there but it's to keep him away from everybody because he's now supposedly a danger he hasn't done anything wrong to, to put him out there like they knock him out and drag him out to the garage these people are letting possible problems in they get away scot-free this guy is this guy is just trying to keep everyone safe and they fucking throw him in the garage yeah i didn't like that he went to the garage i was Makes hoping sense. that gary would go to the garage and it's and it's portrayed that tom's like tom's this hero guy and like takes him out I was like you just sleep out here why he's why? trying to save everybody it's not like he's shooting the gun at people or something but like that. I think this is the difference between kill or be killed. Like, it's the concept of, like, everybody else has this empathy for all these people, like the Olympia character did, and then and, and then you have the realist. And the realist is like, don't you fucking do this shit. And then you have the, the people who are just, like, living in la-la land that are like, oh, everybody's our friend, and we're just going to be so nice and loving and, and help and just 
take care of them and then you see what fucking happens see this is where being a misanthrope makes you a survivalist because it's like fuck these people they're all like unless it's like connected to me somehow you're not coming fucking in here you better be bursting through the windows to get in here because otherwise i'm sorry i know it makes me heartless you're gonna sit out there and die because i can't i can't jeopardize the safety of these people and these people keep jeopardizing the safety of everyone around them and that's okay yeah well and then this is when we got olympia sitting on a bed after this and they're just sitting there uh and she's talking to mallory's character about how she is self-proclaimed spoiled and everybody's taking care of everything for her and she's soft and we already know this so i don't know why they're explaining this to us because we've already kind of gathered this as characters and she's then turns to her uh, mallory's character and this is the my least favorite part of the movie yeah she says if something happens to me i want you to take care of my baby and I'm just like, stop fucking foreshadowing shit. So and also, why would you tell the uh, the pregnant woman who already has to take care of her own child to then take care of another child? At I least spread the wealth. hate this character. I think it's at this point I have in my notes in all caps, I want all these people to die already. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's, it's just like why one yeah i didn't even think about that tasha like yeah. why would you just be like hey you're gonna be taking care of a baby in the middle of the end of the world and why don't you yeah. take care of mine too and it's you like you obviously have motherly tendencies <laughs> right yeah, exactly yeah and so that happens and then mallory has gotten her this little kitty little hello kitty plushy keychain from the store and puts it in a little bag and gives it to her and that was probably another character pop for me for her because like we got the sister part and then the belly touching part and so so we're kind of seeing a little bit more of her humanity, I guess, as a character yeah. where she recognizes that this girl is very soft and this is just not meant for her. Yeah. And she I mean, in this movie, Mallory comes out and is basically like, I was raised by wolves. Essentially, yeah. she says that. So like she does say that in the movie. So like this poor girl, she's trying to empathize and be caring in her own weird way. And it it pays off for me in that scene for that but um then olympia olympia uh hugs her and then we're back on the river 38 hours on yep and sandra Bull well mallory tells the kids that they are about to hit the rapids and uh basically lays it on them that one of the kids is gonna have to look to uh be able to direct her where to turn so they're going to one of the kids is going to have to um unveil their eyes so they can see what's coming up and i believe it's at this point the girl says that she'll do it boy and, does it first oh boy does say it first and that, yeah and that's and, when she was in that scene or in the next scene because they both this happens twice in the movie that's when i figured out who was whose okay child was boy says I'll do it. And she goes, no, I'll decide. Yeah, because it definitely it definitely sets up a Sophie's choice kind of thing of it's alluding to the fact uh, in kind of a red herring way, but it alludes to the yeah. fact that she is going to have to choose which one of these kids is going to die to save the yeah. other others yeah, because she says, if I look, if I look, I won't make it. And so she's trying to have to decide which child yeah. to pick or whatever and this scene got me teary-eyed and then the scene where they go through the rapids which is a little bit later on 
I was full on crying. And I've seen this movie five times and I'm still crying. <laughs> now, my. I cried so much. You did? You oh, cried yeah. I, oh, yeah. I, I just kept going. Tore I just, me apart. I, I just kept getting mad. <laughs> I, I'm like, why aren't you listening to Douglas? He clearly, like, I'm just, God damn it. Haven't you guys See, watched The, the that, Walking like, Dead? The... Or like, it's about survival. You should be trying to survive. And it seems like these people just want to fucking die until it's too late. Yeah. None of the, none of the like past stuff made me sad. Yeah, it's all no. of the, on the yeah, river. It's stuff. all the river stuff. Yeah. 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 I wanted Sandra Bullock and John Malkovich to live happily ever after together. That would have made this <laughs> film a lot better for me. Right. <laughs> so now we then, after all this goes on, we jump back into the, into the past. Nick's favorite. God. And the, the song Say a Little Prayer for You is playing, and they're dancing in the kitchen cooking. And Olympia goes into labor, and they're taking her, and they're getting blankets and stuff ready to go deliver her baby. And then Mallory, standing in the kitchen getting the bucket of water or whatever they need and her water breaks and she kind of trails like a whole bunch of water all over the floor in the kitchen slip hazard yep and it looks like she was already going through labor like before too mm -hmm. where she's just like quietly dealing with it while mm -hmm. olympia is just like it's happening yeah. <laughs> and like being the big the big like to do and sandra bullock yeah. is just like i i have to just deal with this yes yeah. and it's kind of uh it's at this point that i'm just like well all this stuff's kind of going on and the camera cuts to uh the new guy what's his name gary gary, gary. it cuts to gary and he's like putting a record on and i'm literally going like i think this guy might be fucked up and then it instantly is just like this guy's fucked up yep, yep. so he's putting on classical music and then he brings out this art for folder thing and then yeah it's like all this demonic like it, well it's all like just it's all charcoal drawings of like lovecraftian horrors it's just yeah. like disembodied eyes and teeth and claws Shadows, and stuff which yeah. i think is kind of cool and i wish they would have kind of leaned into like given us a little something but we get nothing yeah yeah and so then this is actually uh, realistically this whole scene from i would say the kitchen scene all the way to the end of this is probably one of my most favorite scenes in the movie because it is so intense and it is really cool how it plays out in my opinion so mallory go ahead I, I would say that this is like when the third act starts everything yeah. has been set in motion and this is where like so labor happens and from labor on is we are in the the ramp up to the climax to resolve the film yeah. yeah i would say so and so mallory has a baby first because her water had broken and she was actually due before olympia was too so she has a boy and then uh olympia's on the floor basically having her baby and gary takes the birds during this time and puts <laughs> them in the freezer and starts to open all the windows in the house like un taking everything so down. calmly all, all yes. while john malkovich is like what the fuck are you doing because he's locked in the garage yeah. but he can see him he's like what the fuck why are you doing what are you doing with those birds and stuff like that and realistically malkovich could have just broke open that glass and unlocked the door like well, seeing I, that. I think he eventually does we just don't see it on camera because he gets out somehow and we don't see that that's because gary opens the garage door on him and you hear oh, the shit yeah. in, in the distance that's right, that's as, right. So at this point now, um, Tom is addressing or seeing all this stuff or whatever's going on. And Gary hits him over the back of the head with a can. And then Gary, uh, that's when we see Gary's messed up eyes. 
that's when we legitimately get that z- the zeroed in on. And then he opens the garage door on uh, Douglas's character. And the woman is kneeling next in the next scene. She's kneeling there with the scissors, helping uh, Olive- uh, Olympia deliver her baby, cutting the umbilical cord with the scissors. So the scissors have entered the chat. The scissors are being used for the deliver, like to cut. There might need to be an episiotomy done with some kitchen sears. Like, there's a reason, like cutting the umbilical cord, cutting yeah. the, like all of these things. They're using what they have. Yeah. They're ready. Yep. And so Gary gets to the top of the stairs. I This scene is so fucking creepy. So he's like, hello, you look so beautiful. And he's talking yeah. to these women who just had babies. And uh, Sandra Bullock's character says, what's going on downstairs? And, and Gary wants to see the babies. He doesn't answer her. He just, let me see yours. Ah, uh, yes, yeah, so beautiful. Let yeah. me see your baby walks over, looks at him. Ah, uh, yes, yeah, so beautiful. And then he goes and opens the motherfucking windows. <laughs> and I'm just like, I cannot believe this is happening. The first yeah. time I saw this movie, I was just like gasping at this. And then I love this scene so much. It's so fucked up. But, um, and then Olympia, she looks. Well, and- before, be- when he's ripping the stuff off the windows and opening them, he's just like, show this to the babies. Look at this. Show this. Yeah. Show the babies. You know? Yep, it's so fucked up. And so Olympia, she sees, and you watch her eyes change again. And this part did make me cry. This was the only part in the flashbacks that actually really, really got me in the sense of like emotionally. Um, Mm -hmm. She starts to go and jump out the window and takes her baby with her. And Mallory gets up on her knees, not facing the window, and is begging her to give her her baby. Just let me hold her for a second. Just let me hold her. Just let me hold her. And she finally like looks at her with her eyes all fucked up, hands over her baby, and then just proceeds to swan dive out of the fucking window. And I was yeah. just like, she says they're shit. not they're not so bad. Like when she sees them and her eyes are changing, that's her her uh quote is she just goes they're not so bad and then yeah just yeets herself out the window but it's only it's only two stories like i don't know i guess And then Gary then takes the the older woman that I don't even know her name really. Um, I think it's Cheryl. Okay. Well that that lady. The blonde. Um, the older lady. Blonde yeah, I think it's yeah. Cheryl. Yeah. She uh Gary then gets behind her and starts she's squeezing her eyes shut really really tight and Gary gets behind her and starts prying her eyes open and then she sees and then she takes those scissors that she used in order to cut the umbilical cord and starts and stabs herself in the side of the neck repeatedly yes yeah and the sound design on this was pretty good like it's not like just it's not like that that you hear a lot with stabbings it's wet and it's like you can hear it like getting in there and it's pretty gross it, it was and then he's just standing there loving all of this and douglas has now gotten free and gotten in the house and he has a shotgun but his eyes are closed and he comes to save them which this is where his his story arc kind of like well, n- not yet because we cut to we cut to sandra bullock under the blanket with the two babies and uh gary is that his name the bad yes. guy yeah. gary is just like give me in this weird like creepy way he's like give me the kids or i will take them like because he's going to kill he's going to show these kids the thing and kill these kids yep super creepy that's when malkovich re-enters the chat with his shotgun yep and he shoots gary on the shoulder but without looking he just like fucking unloads him Mm. and gets him in the shoulder and gary is pissed off because 
he fucking shot him in the shoulder. Yeah, deservedly so. Yeah, and he tackles Douglas over like this, like there's like this wall of like through a banister. Yeah, that's what it is. And they fall to the first floor and uh, with the scissors, and he impales them in Douglas's chest. Yeah, so they they fall to the ground, uh, are worse for wear, and he yeah he gathers up the the scissors and stabs Douglas two times in the chest and we get the full character arc of the scissors helping birth these children now killing grandma time upstairs and then killing the real OG Douglas. Yes. And Gary says at this moment, I'm sorry you didn't get to see. Yeah. I thought that was very sad. I thought that was pretty cool. Yeah, it was. And then this is the very moment that Mr. Tom wakes up after being hit in the back of the head with the can. And there just happened to be a shotgun between the two of them. That was, uh, what's his name's a Douglas's and they are fighting to get the shotgun, which, uh, Gary is clearly like almost to the trigger. And, uh, Tom barely has his fingers on the tip of the, uh, the what's the, the barrel thing? no the, the barrel? yeah the barrel the barrel i i gun i gun a lot <laughs> <laughs> you're and doing great so we don't see what happens with them we don't see the scuffle we don't see exactly what plays out we hear a, a, sh- a shot and then um then magically we have uh, a guy upstairs with mallory and the two babies and he's helping them and it ends up being that oh tom's tom's there he's our savior and mr gary is now dead and so basically the only people we have left are the four of them the two babies tom and sandra bullock's character because everybody else has succumbed to uh the the things outside mostly other than poor douglas and we yep and we cut back to uh current times and uh, Sandra Bull- it basically cuts back to five years later. So it's right before we've actually seen the movie. So we're in this oh, r- the yeah. small little gap of before the opening scene of the movie, but five years after the children being born. So their fifth birthday and uh, Mallory is teaching the kids how to click rocks, kind of not necessarily using echolocation, but I think that's kind of what she's teaching them. Like, clicking them to hear the sound bouncing and stuff. <laughs> and uh, up until like, I really found out who Tom was uh, after his exposition dump about being in Iraq and stuff. I just referred to him as Iraq dude uh, from this point forward. And <laughs> he's on the radio trying to get help. And uh, Mallory is looting a house and some cars pull up Tokyo drift style. Yeah. <laughs> they yeah. Do. And I, I almost, I, I gave this movie an extra boost of points because uh, the person that Tom is talking to on the radio at this time, uh, I thought it was Nick Offerman. For a yeah. <laughs> I was like, yeah. oh fuck, yeah, Nick Offerman said this, okay. I'll give yeah. this movie an extra half point for this. <laughs> yep. uh, and and so she, she is out there getting stuff out of a house with her little, uh, I think she's still attached to that real yep. right yep, she's mm-hmm. using the real she's using the real still and uh the like he said that nick said that the cars drive up and she grabs a negligee when she's there because it's in somewhere and she decides to stuff that in her bag and she goes back to the house and i don't have a whole lot of notes here other than that she gets back he um they go through what she has they have naughty time they talk about um someone's over the i call it the cb i don't 
it's it's a short it's a shortwave radio okay so i don't know exactly what it's the same kind of radio that we saw in um the strangers, strangers. that gets hit with an axe and stuff like that yeah it's it's similar to a cb yeah okay okay so she he starts talking to her about the safe place and that or they are talking to them i think actually on there and they're telling him where to go yes and mm -hmm. you have to see clearly and you have to look because well, of the rapids and the, one of them was mad that they mentioned that there were four of them and i can't yeah. remember who it was yeah, but and, it was like don't say too much yes yeah sandra bullock's basically like don't fucking tell them they're kids just say there's yes. four people yeah because, and we find it because it's like if they were kids they wouldn't have told them to go down the rapids because it's so bad the yeah. guy on the on the radio his name is rick and that's who they're talking to rick yes and he'll say and he's talking about you'll hear the birds and then a small embankment to a wall and that's where you'll find and then it kind of cuts out so uh <laughs> um when this is all going on uh yeah, I've got where Sandra Bullock says her catchphrase. You don't think I know that when she's talking to uh, Tom? Because it's at this point I realize that Sandra Bullock, I think, says that in every movie she's in. You, you don't think I know that? <laughs> so that's her new catchphrase, I feel like. I checked so, out a little bit at this point. I think yeah, this is like, like the, the, I've got a lot, like the most boring part. Did I've got a so? lot of notes and stuff here, but yeah, it's it's basically just trying to show you at this point like that her and tom have a relationship but it's not showing her being motherly it's showing yeah. tom being motherly and her mm -hmm. being very douglas like very as as it's alluded to kind of previously kind of like her dad maybe yeah well in this the after they talk to rick on the, the this the i'm gonna call it the cb because that's what i have it written as they go outside to get water and they're both blindfolded her and tom are and they start arguing about whether or not it's safe or if rick is lying and they are arguing about it uh and so when and then i have it in here that uh they go back in and she is talking to uh, or Tom's talking to the kids and trying to give them hope. I think this is when he's telling them that story about climbing and yeah. Um, the yeah, this is this is where I've got like dude is about hope and Sandra Bullock is about survival. Mm -hmm. Yes, yeah, and then she basically cuts off their story, doesn't let him finish, and she again gets in a fight with Tom in this and says they are never going to climb trees, they are never going to have friends, uh, and then he throws back at her face. Well, you never named the kids, so their names are girl and boy at this point in the movie, and this really pissed Nick off in the movie because he was like, "That's so not right, fucking stupid. <laughs> it's so fucking dumb." We what part? the fact that she names them boy and girl. I don't but think it's stupid. You don't I think, think it, it's fucking stupid that she's... No, hear me out. Okay. <laughs> All because she cannot be attached. If you give them names, you'll be more attached. She wants these kids to survive, but by not giving them names, she still has that distance. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. And this is why her supposed character arc that we get in the legit like last two minutes of the movie, I think, is bullshit and cheap. Oh God, I died. I, That's I, so I, fucking I, dumb. I thought it was brilliant. Oh, I yeah. fucking hate it because it, <laughs> felt, it felt it. cheap. It felt it was cheap. Not. She connects nope. with not all at of the these very people. end. Yes. No. Not she connects with no, all no. these people through the movie and has she all has these an things, arc she before then no but it's not with the kids and it feels unwarranted it is with the kids it is no. yeah she has it, it well, 
It's in the woods. In the woods. That's when everything. <laughs> Nick's leaving. That's when everything like comes crashing down, and she realizes like how much these kids actually mean, and how like devastated she really would be if something happened. Like it's survival, survival, survival no attachment i cannot have emotion i have to have distance and then realizing in that moment in the forest that there is an attachment whether she wants there to be or not i i just don't i agree with tasha i just don't i feel it just yeah it doesn't it doesn't feel yeah we're going we're getting there so anyway he starts nagging her tom does about her not naming the kids and she says every single thing i've done is for them so she is very blatant like everything regardless of and and this is when i was telling nick about this yesterday i was like we were arguing about this too and he was like yeah except love them (laughs) (laughs) in her own way she is i agree at a distance i agree she is taking care of them in the way that needs that's a necessity in order for survival and tom is the mom of this and and that portrayal of the feelings and that's fine she doesn't need to do that at this point because he fills that role right i i 100 get that go on so tom comes out (laughs) and says because of the cars and the crazies and she's like i heard them again she says he comes out and he says we're not going you're not going out searching by yourself anymore we're going as a family and so they go out to get supplies again as a family and they go in or he goes in first and then she and then they all come in he lets them in the house once he knows everything's safe that's so dumb (laughs) <laughs> Tom is so fucking dumb. Like, yeah, I don't necessarily like why, how this happened. Why would you bring the kids? I don't care. Yeah. Like, I'll go. You stay with the kids or vice versa. You don't fucking take the kids when yeah. you know how I, fucking I, horrible it is out here. I think it's I, I agree with that, but I also kind of understand his point of view. I think his point of view is like if we stick together, if something happens, we can all go and we can escape together. And this way you're not stuck at home if they show up at the house and it's just the two of the kids and you. And so if we're all together, then we can protect each other together. I understand that there's like a, a problem with that at the same point, but I kind of get it at the same time. I have and- a problem with Tom just repeatedly, repeatedly doing dumb shit because he's hopeful it's going to work out and it never fucking does well it kind of does because this this scene works out not for him but it works out for everybody else yeah but it didn't have to be this way at all it's because he wanted to bring the whole family along and everything is the reason he ends up doing what he does he if he didn't bring the family along which was his idea he wouldn't have have to do what he does probably he could have just escaped yeah and i saw it as like the kids could have easily hid in the house like not come yeah they could go whatever one could be lookout whatever but clearly that's not what happened no so then they find pop tarts in the in the kitchen and they're finding medicines or whatever they're strawberry pop tarts don't strawberry (laughs) strawberry pop tarts very specific one of the best and uh mallory is apologizing to tom in the kitchen about the fight that they had 
And I thought that was also very big of her because she's recognizing her faults in what she's done and apologizing for their fight. So then at this point, the kids are finding like a little area in this house that they're raiding that has a bunch of little toys and they're just kind of hanging out and they go down and all of them share a pop tart. And um, you hear the cars or before you hear that, they're talking about how this is real strawberry. This is what strawberry tastes like. It does 100 percent. Like. Right. Yeah. Straight up Smucker's jelly tastes exactly like strawberries. Yeah, there, there you go <laughs> and so then that's when we hear the cars again and they show up and they're like is anybody home and um and they, they throw shit through the windows and break in yes they could have been doing that everywhere the entire movie yes <laughs> yes so but but these people are also like they're already blinded like they're like i don't even know how they they're like the disciples of whatever's happening so maybe they don't need to break in and get food maybe no i'm saying not... they could break in and get anyone anywhere all the time there's no reason that like the Oh, go ahead. Sorry. I think, I think they are doing that now. I before when we're looking at the past, we're not very far into this all happening, and I think yeah. that that's what's now happening. Like the guy in the boat, and now these guys in the cars, yeah. and they're now taking over that, and they're now basically being like groups of people that are going out and creating this havoc or whatever it is, yeah, in order to make them see basically to kill people, yeah. So Tom tells her to go back to the house. And if he doesn't come back in 15 minutes to take the kids in the boat and get the fuck out of here. Stop real quick. Say that whole thing again. Don't don't talk and flip your thing because I can't cut that out. When okay. you're, yeah. Sorry. So this is the part where Tom comes to her after he sees the people outside and they're calling to them. And he says, go back to the house, take the kids with you. And if I'm not there in 15 minutes, take the kids and get the fuck out of here and get on that boat and go find Rick or whatever it is. Like, go go to that place that they were talking about and they say goodbye and it's very emotional a little bit and he's and they say that they love each other and he gives her his necklace that his I want to say the guy in the story in the military earlier in the movie yeah. had given him when he left was it Iraq I think it was and um then Tom does what Tom does and he goes out and he faces the crazies and he shoots three of them with his blindfold on because they make noise and I was that was impressive and then um they're coming what is what's my sciences they're coming they went they coming they want to hurt you crazy guy says oh they're coming they want to hurt you and then he takes the blindfold off and decides tom he, does tom, tom does yes tom decides to say fuck this uh, oh, they yeah. know my family's alive they've seen them run off he knows that he has kids and he's like i'm going to end all these motherfuckers so they can't get to my family and that's basically what he does and he goes and he shoots all these guys and he gets the, the there's the rustling and the of the leaves we and start seeing the leaves float yep yeah, and then there's the shadow and then tom's eyes change and there's only one guy left who's been shot but he's not dead yet and he in his last ditch effort before everything he kills the guy and then he kills himself and the first time i saw this i i teared up big time this time i did mm -hmm. not cry over this I didn't know. It, it seemed, it, like I said. I knew that part was coming. It seems, it seems un, like unearned because of like the, like I said, they didn't need to do this. And like, 
it's because of his own stupidity of bringing the kids and her along while doing this that he has to do this and so your mourning is unearned yeah it it feels like well we gotta let's try to make this as emotionally impactful as possible it just feels like it could it he could have gotten killed there and everything but the fact that it's like he did it to protect her and save her and all this stuff i'm just like this guy on the cover of the book god damn it no woman (laughs) no woman will ever love me the way the sandra bullock loves tom (laughs) (laughs) so mallory and the kids make it back to the house and she kind of sits on a chair and she has her own mild meltdown and cries over tom dying and she decides to leave and she she knows that he's not coming back and that is basically then bringing us back to where the beginning of the movie starts and now you're starting again um on the river and you're jumping to 42 hours on the river and i have in my notes thank god we shouldn't get any more flashbacks yeah Yeah. (laughs) and so she's talking to the kids about their uh, coming upon the rapids and both kids offer to look and Mallory's under this blanket with them and she's getting choked up because uh, she doesn't know who to decide to look and she decides nobody's looking and for everybody to cover their eyes this is how they're doing it and to hold on tight that's what she tells them yeah the look of the little girl once again the actress that plays that little girl is phenomenal because she tugged at my heartstrings so many times because when she was just sitting there like okay well i know you're gonna pick me so i'll do it and then she was just like so sad like i can't believe i just said that that broke my heart i got a little teary-eyed on that one yeah it was very sad and then we we hit the rapids and as expected it's actually a really well shot scene and you really get to feel and see like what they're going through in their experience and i liked that about this and the boat eventually goes over as expected and she comes up for uh, mallory's character comes up for air and she's yelling out for the kids boy and girl and she finds boy first and he's like hold held on to like a rock and then girl is ringing the bell on the shore and she's just curled up on herself soaking wet and they make it through the rapids basically and they are soaked as they're going through the woods and they found their they have their birds well hold on real quick okay what am i missing well you're not missing anything i just have a comment at this point in the movie so she they all flip in these are five-year-olds these are heavy rapids Mm -hmm. i've been in rapids these none of them have safety vests or anything those kids are dead she is more than likely dead as well in real life well this isn't real life i understand that but it's trying to make this like survival thing so for like at this point in the movie what i thought was going to happen that would have worked for me and it's because they cast sandra bullock i knew that they weren't going to do this i thought it was going to go kind of the way of the road which you previously mentioned i thought sandra bullock's character was going to die the kids were going to somehow get washed up onto the surface at the right near all the bird sounds and that's what we were that was going to be the payoff and i think that that would have been a better character arc for sandra bullock's character personally okay i don't but i can see what you're saying yeah that's fine because i feel like i just she did everything she could even to the last minute to save her kids i think both would have worked successfully but i like this ending better yeah 
and like you said, I think this movie is definitely made more towards women because of the mother mother aspect, and then the main male character that's like the love interest is a hot guy. So I think that <laughs> we're we're kind of running into that, and so. Um, basically they start going through the woods in this movie and her sister starts talking to her so it's these entities that are surrounding them as they're blindfolded and they're going through the woods trying to find these birds like follow the sounds of the birds mm -hmm. and she starts hearing her sister talking to her and uh, she falls down like a ravine essentially and the kids are yelling for her so she gets separated from them and they're just they can't find each other because she bumps her head wakes up we don't know the times the time passing in this moment because she's out for a little bit and she gets up and she goes to find the kids and um the alien i call them the aliens in this are trying to get into her head essentially and they're talking to her and they're also at the same time trying to get into the kids' heads and telling them using her voice which isn't really her to tell them to take their blindfolds off I did like that about the the thing. They just refer to it as the things. Yeah. Uh, I like that manipulation aspect of it. I wish they would have done that more Likewise. and stuff. And like, that's where it's like, oh, that's kind of cool. But they, you don't get it that often. So it's just like, I wish they would have done that more. Yeah. And well, you, I guess it's just like, it's because they're, it's with you this whole time. And so like you get to feel it. And I think that's the difference between the rest of the movie. It's like, it shows and it goes. And this time it's like staying with them. Here's a, here's a question uh, that just kind of came to me. So you don't have to see them right for them to be doing that to you. Right. Why weren't they doing that to them in the truck when they're going to the grocery store, when they're completely surrounded? It, like there's like they're inside there's, of something there's all this kind of stuff that i'm like it, go on yeah so yeah. she at this point is um yelling at these this entity saying do not take my children and she's trying to find them and the kids are like i thought i'm not supposed to take my blindfold off as they're thinking it's her and like you're, this is where the anxiety raises when you're first watching the movie because the little girl starts taking her blindfold mm -hmm. off and, and this the, is the arc that i'm referring to not yeah. the one at the end okay yeah this part yeah and i love this part because i was sobbing like a baby mm -hmm. so um <laughs> so she finds the boy and then the boy says and then she's calling for girl as she's holding boy and making sure he's okay and um the boy says to mallory well she's scared of you that's why she's not coming and so sandra starts going into the story about how much she loves her and cares about her and uh, just wants her to be okay basically and um they need to go find the birds and so the little girl comes to her and they embrace and they go and they they get to the the wall of the birds and she starts hearing tom's voice and it's calling to her, but she doesn't listen to it. And uh, she starts grabbing the kids and they're like running, I guess is what my my thing says. And this is where the only time I heard intense music. Yeah. Things well, are following them. Yeah, because it's hard to hear, like at points, like they can't even follow the bird sounds because of how loud the entity is around them. It's just like this cacophony of wind and leaves rustling and stuff. They can barely hear each other talk. And yeah, they as they're running they they're being chased trip repeat and they find a house that's kind of like what i've got here it's like they're running they fall they get up they run they fall like that kind of thing they get to uh, the house which when you first see it i was like oh this looks like maybe like a military barracks kind of 
some like fortification kind of thing and she's freaking the fuck out about like let us in blah blah have kids and basically gets to the point where this is what i'm talking about she's like just please let my children in which is fine like like that's what i was talking about like do that kind of thing or whatever but go on yeah so she's doing that and they let her in and the kids in and they check her their eyes to make sure that they haven't been infected and they're not one of the crazies which go on i know let's i know go ahead tasha i'm confused as to why you're upset yet don't want to say anything like it's the whole thing of like when gary shows up and stuff like because that was five years later they didn't know these things and now they do we as the viewers are watching it we see his eyes all the time like you're saying like go back and look but it's like you you his eyes aren't fucked up you don't know that we haven't we weren't paying attention they were not making that a point I was like, that's what I'm saying. It's like, I figured his- maybe you were blind. We don't okay. know this. Okay. Sorry. So this is when they come in and they get to meet Rick, the guy they were talking to over the radio. And he it's says, not Nick now- Offerman. No, it's, it's not. I was sad. Yes. It's the guy that's plays in Constantine as like, a, oh, the, yes. the preacher in that yep, he's an identity. He's like the guy that's on trial and identity. He's also in a movie called the devil's candy that maybe one day we'll cover. We might not cover identity too. Cause it's kind of like a thriller horror kind of movie. Mm-hmm. So then he tells them they can take their blindfolds off and then it cuts to a sign that is at the school mm-hmm. for the blind. Yeah, it, it, it is Janet Tucker's school for the blind. Yep. I thought that was really cool. And then I, thought that was, I thought that was a good twist. I liked it was. that. I liked it was. that. And there was a lot of people there, but the majority of them are blind. And I liked that a lot. And Rick basically just says, go and, you know, look, look around, enjoy your time or whatever. And then he's like, I'm going to go get you some dry clothes, which I thought that was really kind. Please just end the movie here. Yeah, I agree. I, I, I like the very end but this would have been satisfying too honestly i would have been fine with them i would have been fine with them ending it at the door of the building because i was starting to get to the point of there's nothing and it's just going to be hopeless at the end like she had that big monologue which i wish i could remember everything she said to the kids because i was sobbing uncontrollably (laughs) at that point about like we just have to stay together and blah 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 (laughs) just a ball of tears so like and as they're running i was going through my head like is this actually going to end in any way is there really a place because you can kind of like you said you can kind of hear the birds you kind of can't and the birds are kind of everywhere it's not in one direct spot so like i was still going through the is this real is this not oh so. it would have been so oh, for me it would have been amazing if it was the entity making bird noises luring them in exactly that's yes. where my mind went to a point mm-hmm. <laughs> so then when they saw the door when they saw the door and they knocked like the once that door opened that would have been a cool ending too i agree because then it would have left it open-ended and you would have had to make your own conclusion so yeah i like that but no they they definitely don't do that in this and so they decide to let their birds free because the whole place is like a sanctuary where all the birds are. Yeah. Yeah. She and says, Let, let's let the birds be with their friends. She's saying so to the sweet. kids. Yeah. At this point, I'm still crying. <laughs> yes. And then she's running. She, this is the part that I hated the most, I think, other than the foreshadowing earlier was she runs into her old doctor. Yeah. I don't know why that was important. I don't either. Like she wasn't the, a big part of this. This is what I'm saying. This is supposed to be like, Oh, I knew you back when you weren't motherly, but now you are like, this is such a cheap thing for me. 
I did not like that part. And I was just like, well, why? And it's because of this. It's because of her meeting her and introducing the kids that she then goes on to finally name them. Yes. And she names the little girl after her biological mom. Olympia. Yeah. Yes. Um, <laughs> Olympia instead of Olivia. Cause that's I swear. That's what I said through this whole movie anyway. Um, and then the boy is after Tom, which was it technically like in this movie, his proxy dad. Olympia gave Mallory name ideas for this child yeah. does not <laughs> name her any of them. They're all Disney princesses. Yeah. She specifically wanted to call her Cinderella so she could call her Ella. Or Ella. I That's what I was hoping for. That's what nope. I was hoping for too. Uh, and I just fucking hated this part so much. I'm sorry. <laughs> I did not like that because I felt like it was just like her giving names off the cuff and she hadn't thought about it at all. And it was like, you're Tom. That's what I'm saying. It's the guy that died that loved you and took care of you for five years. His name was Tom. And then you're Olympia because your mom that you came out of that died tragically her, her that's her name she should have named her she should have named her ella and then tom tom was fine name should've, it was an honor name should have yeah. named her son ryan after the dad or douglas after the real og or just name the child scissors because obviously she doesn't give a shit about naming them anyway for five fucking years it's but she loved tom so that makes sense yeah but, but actually i just thought about this right now wasn't her sister's name jess yeah, yeah. you should have named him jess anything anything and it's just like Oh, I hate this. <laughs> I hated it so much. <laughs> yeah. I, I liked that they finally have identities. And the only thing I like about this is that it takes their their uh, drama, 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 all this stuff trying to survive. And then they get to the point where they can finally breathe and let their hair down, essentially. And the birds get to be free. And now, now you get to have humanity and you get to love and you get to basically breathe for the first time. So now you get your name. And exactly. I like that part. Yeah, I just think the names were very poorly chosen. I think the fact that since she met her OBGYN, that is supposed to be, oh, you know what? Let me tell you about your mother and you, child. You are named this. And then the fucking film ends. It's so cheap. Sorry. And then the kids get to go play and you get to yeah. see that. The, <laughs> the, end, the movie's over. It's happy. <laughs> God. They're so OK. So that's Bird Box. I know yes. that I I know that I fucking tore it to shreds while we were going through and everything. It is not a it is not a bad movie. It, there is a good story in it, but my problem with it is how it's put together. Is I my like biggest part of it. That's fine, but that's my biggest thing. If it would have been put together in a more linear way that would have mm. caused there to be more tension it wouldn't the for like the foreshadowing wouldn't have been so bad and everything i would have easily given this movie an extra point or maybe a point and a half well definitely an extra point and a half if nick offerman were in it he wasn't but yeah so then why don't you go ahead and start then Do you okay i'm not gonna i'm not gonna i'm gonna make this brief but i am giving bird box a five okay because I have huge issues with what I consider undeserving payoffs. And I use that lightly. I don't, I think it's, 
I think that what they're doing, like with Tom and like with the names at the end and stuff, I don't think that they're I don't think that they're warranted personally. Like, I just don't think it works. And then the fact that it's not like they try to use this back and forth uh, mechanic in the movie to make it like two things going on at the same time. I don't think they do it well. And I think it gets really choppy because of it. Um, I'm not going to say it's a bad movie. I'm it is five for me is like it is a movie um, that through all of its flaws, it will have its uh, its people championing it. Um, I didn't know what the score of this movie was before I gave it its score. So when I did end up reading Metacritic and all that stuff, giving it between fives and six, I'm like, I believe that to, like for once, I think that's where it should sit personally. I, excuse me, I am not the target audience for this film. I am aware of that. And because of that, I am going to leave the floor to you women to give your <laughs> not, well, you girls. You, like you're both. I'm not saying I'm I saying you said anything. Just how you said it. Yeah, really you, I got, I got looks. I'm, I'm saying I'm giving the floor to you women, to you guys. It would see it would have been the same. Shut up. <laughs> I'm not going Continue. to disparage this film anymore is what I'm saying. I got it out of my system. It's a five out of ten for me. Okay. You guys, I live give the floor to you to you <laughs> genderless things that we don't see. Go for it, Tasha. To you women. Um so I really like dual timelines. I like the back and forth. Knowing that it's a book, that's yet another thing that I seek out in books are multiple timelines, multiple perspectives. So I really like that component of it. I get bored if it's too linear. If it's linear all the time, I can check out of it pretty quickly. Thus, the inattentive component of it. Going back and forth keeps me interested because then I'm excited to go back to the other timeline and jumping. Um, I do think there are a lot of, of holes in it that aren't addressed. But that's another thing. It's kind of the nature of a book adaptation. Um, there wasn't a ton of storyline and going back, like taking myself out of watching it. I'm aware of that. Watching it in the moment, I had such an emotional reaction to a lot of it. That part got kind of that was okay because it affected me emotionally which i look for in a lot of movies either scared or you know tugging on the heartstrings having that mom component that does that for me i'm giving this a i'm giving this a seven and a half i'm giving this an eight i've been bouncing between a seven and an eight and i think wow. i'm going to give it an eight wow. i will definitely watch this again i will recommend it to people I can look past the the plot holes and the 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 bits of um, where it's not really realistic because of that huge emotional component that that, mo that movie gave me because a lot of movies and books don't do that which is why I hearken it back to The Road because The Road is one of my favorite books because of the way it makes me feel. It doesn't make me feel good but it can evoke that type of emotion that I look for in a lot of things. See and I think that The Road is like not, I'm, and I'm not trying to make this a gender thing I think the road is the male version yeah. of Bird Box. 
Oh yeah, it's a dad and a son. How could it not be the male I, equivalent? Well, I'm saying I connected with Vigo Mortensen's character in that way more. I, his, his reasonings for doing things, and in this, I didn't. So that's why I'm saying like it's not. I tried. It's not for me though. Yeah. Yeah, I think it's because you were talking about a female narrated movie and her lack of emotion, and then her overall story and building a plot so i can see that this movie probably won't hit specifically for uh men in the same way it's going to hit for women i also kind of feel like that in some of the other movies we've watched like we have a different mm -hmm. relationship with different characters based on our own life you know whatever we've been through are on our own absolutely so, I feel like, well, especially like even we were talked about this when we watched The Witch, like somebody who is very religious yeah. is going to hit you pretty damn hard in that movie a lot more than it's going to hit us because we don't necessarily follow that religious background. So um, this movie, I, I'm kind of like Tasha in that like, I this is like literally my fifth time I've seen this movie. I watched it. I had my kids watch it. Um, and it's a very emotional movie in the sense that it's just so tragic and that hit me hard i know that there's some plot holes i know they don't answer everything but i actually think that that's okay in the storyline because it's coming from a specific narr narration standpoint she doesn't know everything therefore we don't know everything and so that makes sense to me and i like the the crazies component of it nick did not like that part of it um I I personally I personally just thought it was kind of disparaging to the mentally ill. <laughs> like, yeah, that's you, a part that I could take or leave. I, that's another thing. I wonder if it's more yeah, brought it, up in the book. Yeah, I wonder too. And overall, I think this movie is very watchable. Like I said, I've I've gotten emotional or cried in this movie uh, every single time I've seen it. So that says something about it. And I am one of those people that will rewatch movies over and over again if I really, really love them. And I don't want to say I really, really love this, but I do like it. I would watch it, you know, once a year or something like that to kind of come back and relive that. This is not a movie that you're going to get a bunch of Easter eggs in. So like we've watched Trick or Treat and we've seen other movies where you're going to get those Easter eggs where you can go back and you be like, oh man, I missed this the last time. You don't really do that in this movie. There'll be little maybe little blips like Tom in the beginning of this movie. I didn't realize this the first time I watched it. He's running across the road before we even see him become a character in the movie. So like there's parts of that, but um, it just hits very emotionally. So I'm going to go with Tasha in this. I was going between a seven and an eight for myself. I'm going to go with like a seven and a half. I feel like it's very watchable and uh, it's, I think being a mom, I can very, I can relate to this a lot and what I would do if I was in this situation or think I would do. God, I hope I never have to deal with this because um, that's just horrible. <laughs> but, um, and I like Sandra Bullock, so yeah. I, I liked it. I thought seven and a half is pretty fair. So yeah, that gives us a 20.5 out of 30. So what's that give us for our total scoring? It only gives us a 68. 68. That's what I thought we'd be about. Uh, it's, it's a pass. It's above. It's above 50%. It so I feel like it would have been higher. Like a, that's a send. Well, I guess that's close to a seven out of 10. So. It's, it's, it's me. It's my fault. I, yeah. I like, but like, it, like I said, I think that's a fair way though is, yeah. you know, uh, 68%. I think that's, you know, for as much as you guys like it and as much as I, don't like I, I won't watch this again um, yeah. personally uh, 
but it doesn't mean that if somebody is looking for something a little new that they haven't seen or are just trying to dip their toes like this is like uh horror light it's yeah. more in the sci-fi thriller dystopian post-apocalyptic but uh it straight up does have elements of horror in it like i would not say this is not a horror film so that's why we're covering it like it still does like it it's not like a horrifying movie like if i would have like tooled with it i it would have been super depressing and they still give you that glimmer of hope at the end of it and everything like that which i'm not a fan of but that's me i like my films being downers and stuff like that at times so yeah the suicide component of this movie as a whole is just really (laughs) that's the downer that's the downer through the film it's intense like because of the amount of times you see this especially in the beginning of the film like yeah that is that's your opener almost it's like you're being thrust into this world and if i do think that if because some people have been through bad situations like that in their lives where people have died and tragic ways if that is a trigger for you you should not watch this movie because it is it, it it definitely hits on that hard well and also if you are having those thoughts reach out to somebody and uh there are people and family members that do care about you and stuff i ha- i have a history of depression uh severe depression and anxiety and stuff like that i have been there and there is always help so uh with that being part of the film and stuff you know if you're like that you know there's and I'm a, I'm a pessimist, but there's always there's always help. There's always you know there's always people. So, yeah. but that's uh that's our reviews of it, giving it a sixty eight percent, and now it's on to movie club. So for next week's episode, we will be covering. Look around. Is everybody ready? The movie is. I know. It, I know. Tasha loves it when I do this. The movie is hush. Oh. The movie's hush. Okay. (laughs) So for our next episode, we will be covering the movie Hush. Okay, I've never seen that, so this looks interesting. This is another Mike Flanagan joint. Ah, this is a Tasha movie. Okay. This is a Tasha movie, yep. (laughs) She picked this one. So um, for Pot of the Dead, I am Nicholas. I am Natasha. And come listen to us, or else.